Greetings and salutations, clergy members, and welcome back to Tone. Why are you looking at me like that? Welcome back to Tone. <laughs> <laughs> this is my face! Great start. Um, yeah, we are deep in a web of threads, gang. That seem to be pulling our party in multiple directions. Worries of safety, reconnecting with family, wondering if lost compatriots will return. The moments in which grief strikes the hardest, and it is indeed a time of deep thought. But we move forward, so without wasting any more time, let's get into tonight's episode of Tones and Tales RPG. RPG. And welcome back. So, last we left our group, uh, Zero awakened first, as is normally the case, to find that the party's paladin, Daria, had gone missing. Initially struck with panic, the group conversed on where he possibly could be found. Uh, as Dog, however, did find a note sneakily slipped into the front door. And I say that Daria was torn between his duty to his oath and his duty to his newfound friends. But the task at hand remained and would not stop, even with a party member on temporary leave. Zafara so spoke to the chipper machinations at their family's home as the kids got ready for school and Dulma left for work, leaving Meredith to extend an invitation to Zafaris's new friends to come over for dinner. Cutting back to the trio, the group decided to go to Gostrix directly to source Zafaris's address as to collect them personally. And the address was collected and the party moved out. And Zafaris, after helping their mother clean the kitchen, decided to head straight over and was found by Dog first as a party just happened to reconvene in the streets. Part of the day's tasks required that Zero move in on Singbia, her gunsmith, to find out how one of his designs had landed in the hands of, for lack of a better term, a nobody. Singbeer did not relinquish information without a hint of smugness. His confidence in his ability to not be found out was quite high. Zero offered the ultimatum of three days, or the wrath and violence inflicted on those by his creations would soon be at his own doorstep. The party also moved to take care of business at the Archive at Turner, a voyage in Hugel, both needing information that only the libraries seemingly had. Voyage asked the librarian Felicity about births in the last 30 years in a small village named Whistling Hamlet, or Hugo cemented the target of his thoughts from the days before meeting his new companions, a vampire spawn of some kind, towards the north. Zeph and Zero went back to the apartments to speak more on the task ahead, while Zeph, uh, Zeph and Zero went back to the apartments. Yeah, oh my god, I've typoed my own thing. <gasps> and while... Uh, Zephyrus was speaking to Gostrick about their emotional compa compatibility. <laughs> Zero had another tender moment with Valris, the two agreeing to have dinner at home in two days' time. Yeah, you think I was going to let that girl. slide? Get a girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you sound like that fucking, that movie, what is it, Horton Hears a Who, the fucking Katie, which is like, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. A turtle trying to fuck. A turtle, I need you getting cat. Yeah. 
That's and on camera. <laughs> Absolutely outrageous. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, Hugel, with the accompanying voyage, uh, moved to the church of the Queen of Corvus to seek some guidance on his self-imposed quest. Here, they met Headmaster Ryandell, a warrior acolyte of the Queen. He offered the temple services to Hugel to see that he fulfills his task to end undeath and restore natural order to the world. Hugel opened his minds to the teachings of the Queen and with an absolutely bonkers natural 20 religion check, received the ability to commune with her, but for only a short time. Her reassurances that he was on the right path and that the fates of the individuals they are looking for were more intertwined than they first thought. The commune ended with Hugel asking if his little one was okay, to which the Queen assured she is where she needs to be. Being pulled back to waking reality, Hugel embraced Voyage as for the first time in a long time he probably began to mourn the loss of a loved one. Eventually the day drew near its end and with the invitations that Ferris's mother extended to the group was accepted and our ragtag group of misfits and miscreants sat at a full table for the first time in a long time for some good food and enjoyed a meal and time filled with love and warmth. The group took to sleep and Zero awoke to a slip of paper under the doorway a note reading that they knew that Zephyr was home and that they were being summoned immediately, signed by one Mr. K. And that is where we are picking up right now. So we return to inside to Ferris's family home early into the hours of the morning uh, after a lovely dinner was offered and you've all felt the warmth of a home-cooked meal and a slightly nicer bed than most of these taverns and stuff that you've been at. Uh, full bellies but Zero you being awake well before everyone else you had the opportunity to slice the letter open and upon reading it you realise that someone had scoped the house and that time diverting this task draws it very thin I'll probably because what time is it currently it'd be I would say as far, like 4.35 o'clock give or take ish if I go to Zeph now, is that gonna cut her off mechanically for a long rest? Or? No, I wouldn't say so. No. Because you guys would have ran to bed at like a reasonable hour. Like, yeah. family, you gotta remember there was kids and stuff yeah. there. So everyone was kind of shunted to bed at a reasonable hour. Lovely. Um, Zero will probably wait till it reaches a nice round time of five just to, I don't know, 4 30 seems rude. Five seems like. Yeah, but four thirds seems a bit rude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, and then once it hits five, um, not a minute less, there'll be a, a very soft. Zef. Zef. You'll hear a slight stumble as they get out of their bed and. They'll like quietly open the door and like usher you in, so you don't wake anyone in, anyone up. Um, she'll sort of, even though there's no one in the room, she kind of is still like acting like a bit like. <laughs> um, and she'll just pull the letter out and hand it to you. I think we're going to need to reprioritize what we were originally thinking. By the sounds of it, I'll have to leave immediately. We've got probably a little bit of leeway. I'm not talking days, but we could probably push it back till later on today. There's time for us to 
think of something. We'll definitely have to make a game plan. I don't know if we'll be able to do what we discussed yesterday at this time, but at least I can go and see him, see what he wants, and then let you guys know if I don't get dragged away on another job. If I don't come back, I'm either dead or I'm on a job. Well, we can't have you doing either. Not the moment. Look, you don't need to go this very second. There is time for us to think of something. Have you considered sending out the family on a little market trip and then we burn your house to the ground so they have no choice but to leave the city? There's so much wood in here. It'd be like a big bonfire. Beautifully handcrafted. Marshmallows. Years of work down the front. <laughs> a single tear looking... from your dad. <laughs> Zeph is going to look exactly how I just did that. <laughs> absolutely stressed and just appalled that you even considered that as a, a possibility for their family. They're like... Is everyone looking dead serious? Like, she just, like, pulled down the glass and she's like, oh, yeah, Got some matches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just starts, like, pouring out the black gunpowder everywhere. On top of spaghetti, <laughs> all covered in cheese. <laughs> I think what might be the best case at this point in time is to just send them away to that village that Hugo mentioned yesterday um, and just let them know that there has been break-ins and predicted to be some closer to the area from word of mouth. I think they'll trust me enough to actually leave, hopefully. You know, if that doesn't work, as a admittedly very, very bad parent myself, one thing that would get my ass moving is just saying if you stay here, your kids are gonna get killed. Which is most likely a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it is your family, it is your call, whatever you think is best. We will follow your lead on this one. I'll have to um, talk to Hugo about where that village is and how many days, because we won't have days to get them ready. I don't even think that they have really a way of transport, but I could pay for something. All right, that seems like a good idea. Tell them just to take what's important only necessity because at the end of the day we could get this done quick clean dusted nothing and they can just come back home as if nothing bad ever happened sounds like the safest option well i know it's really early but we should meet the others. I think so too. I'd like to get their insight and 
hopefully their help as well for persuading my family because if one person says something they will most likely trust my word for it but if more people have you know the urgency they might do it a lot faster than what I think they will mm. I agree alright you're taking horns or you're taking flowers horns alright I'll get the little guy Lovely. Um, before we move down, can you please just turn the fan down, Mom? Because I realise I've left it on, and even though I don't think I can hear it, I think it might appear. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Nailed it. All right, up, guys. <laughs> so yeah, you guys obviously are upstairs right now, and uh, the boys were downstairs sleeping on like the um the fallout like company. <laughs> You know. It's just all wood. There's no cushion on it. Sawdust, sawdust in a bag. Like, oh my God, this does wonders for my lumbar. <laughs> oh, stop. But um, uh, you guys quietly move down the stairs. And as you two move down the hall, like you moving up and then you guys coming back together, you realise that dog is like fully posted up against Jeannie's um, <laughs> door. Like as, like as most cats are wont to do, they turn into liquid when they find a spot they really want to get into. Somehow this hulking green boy has got himself wedged in a perfect 90 degree angle, like pressed up into the gap of the door and the floor and like tongues fully out <laughs> against the floor, like a bit of dribble, little tiny burn mark on the wooden floor where the acid's burnt through. <laughs> oh my God. As, as they see that, Zero's <laughs> going to put like a gentle hand on his and be like, You would have seen him. Was he downstairs? And then, like, they'll both, it'll, it'd be like, because it's like Zero and Zeph, it'd be like, visually, it'd be like them going down the stairs, and all you hear is. Can I please get a uh, stealth check? On <laughs> <the engine>? <laughs> 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 I, I got still 13. I still got a That's pretty terrible for Zeph. Yeah. I still I got a Can you pull up dog deuce. stats for <laughs> Yeah. It's just like a push shove trip. <laughs> Parkour. I don't think mine's that much better either. Oh, I think I how do I bring up dog stats? I'm like overexcited, yeah. both of you. Uh, you should have You're probably passive, terrified. Passive You're excited. Yeah, I'm <laughs> You better not fucking be. <laughs> Passive perception. <laughs> Come on, load faster. Load faster. It's the day for it. Passive perception, 12. Where'd you get 13? 13. Mm -hmm. okay. Oh, it's plus six, thank God. So that's a 14. So miraculously, there's a little bit of a fumble and you just hear the... And he doesn't wake up. <laughs> Even when we roll shit, we're still good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hastily descend down the stairs to see... Both of the boys still asleep on the floor. Damn it. Zeph's <laughs> <laughs> just gonna dagger eyes. <laughs> so it's just a like bombastic side eye, <laughs> criminal the offensive side eye. Let's wake him. Zero wakes Hugel, but how how is Hugel like? How does Hugel sleep, like? Well, indoors as comfortably as you can imagine. Anyone just completely huddled up. He's used to Little sleeping spirit. outdoors, so when he gets <laughs> <laughs> when he gets a comfortable opportunity, he's just 
Like. <laughs> I'm like a big toasty cinnamon bun. <laughs> Zero like goes up surprisingly gentle and she just sort of gently moves his bangs or, or out of his eyes. Hugo. Wakes up Hugo. and you write him up. Oh, hello. <laughs> You're awake. Get up. It's time to get up. Oh, cozy. <laughs> and then she grabs it. I said, get up now. Yes, sorry. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. And how's Voyage sleeping? You know this bitch, Starfish. You know this bitch, <laughs> Starfish. Hugo. That's why Hugo's over in the corner. <laughs> Like full spread. In the perfect gap between the arm and the leg, like yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh bless. Zeph's just gonna cross his legs so he can't starfish because that'll make him inc- uncomfortable enough to wake up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he starts levitating. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ is coming. <laughs> Now, between the noise that's going on on literally the other side of the bed and <coughs> the jostling, it's like... No, dog, no more. Not the toes. Not the toes again. Stop sucking them. You little piggy went to market. Full kick. <laughs> attack roll. <Rob. laughs> Unarmed attack. No, I'll die. I don't want to... I don't want to do that. But, like, it's the eventual, like, one eye awake, like, oh, why am I the last awake again? <laughs> Looks to the nearest window. Is it still dark out? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. It was 5 a.m., right? It's like why? 5 a.m. Zeph will go um, over to, like, I, I'm assuming that there'd be, like, a mantle with a, um, Tor- uh, not a torch, a candle on it. No. Yeah, for sure. For and sure. light it and bring it over and kind of gestures to both of you to sit together and then we'll hand the note to whoever to read it while the other's looking over the shoulder. And um, It came through the door last night while we were all sleeping and I'll most likely have to see Mr. K at some point today. Um... We're just trying to figure out a plan of action. Essentially, what I'm considering is getting my family out first, which I will need your assistance on. You for the map of the village and how to get there, and pretty much both of you to help persuade them in any sort of way, (coughs) really, to leave immediately. How long do you plan on being out of town? Potts Hollow is probably two weeks from here. That'll probably give me plenty of time to let them get there and basically have a little holiday and then once everything's sorted, just send word for them to come back, really. It's not an overly difficult pathway. It's through most of the farming villages, but it's a tough place to reach. There is another option, though. We do have quite a good standing back in Gutenlauer from helping them out. And that's much closer. It is. But that's where those bandits were, and... That was Sindrifan. Oh, that was, yeah. So this is the next village up. That's right. Where we found the knuckle. But 
Mm. Yeah, Gutenlau was the broken knuckle, yeah. which is where we started, and Sindrifan was the next town where the bandits had ransacked it. Canonically, Zeph wouldn't know. Zeph has only ever been in the city, so therefore my mistake is canon. I'm the maps canon. <laughs> <laughs> my mistake is canon. Um, I did prepare a sending spell today, so I can communicate with anyone from these places and let them know to expect. Close to reach if something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, Pots Hollow is a great hiding space for a long-term stay, but Back it's a fairly time. hidden village in the middle of a rather dangerous mm. wood. If we were to accompany them, by all means, I think we could get them there quite easily, but I don't know if I'd feel overly confident sending them through those woods without a, without a guide. It's your call. I think Pots Hollow might be more along an escape if everything was to go wrong. Yeah. To get them to a more permanent hiding position until we can sort things out. I think Gutenlau would be definitely a better option. Um, I might also talk to Gosford, see if he's got any men that he can spare to at least get them there. Do you think he will have someone trustworthy enough? Probably, but it might cost you. Did you see My that kid. door she has on? We just had a cut to the temple. We don't know what they got up to. <laughs> it pinned to the fireplace. <laughs> Laugh now before it all goes to shit. Oh, and it will. And it will. Just gonna force you guys into a fucking kill box. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I already know how to get out of those. Except I don't have the equipment. Anyways, um. In a piece. <laughs> it will probably cost you. I mean, I've known Gosrick for. Oof. Past 20 to 30 years. And, uh... <laughs> he doesn't do much for free for me, either. Unless it's an IOU. In which case, he always seems to get the better deal of those. That's besides the point. But yes. So if you have the gold to spare, then sure. But... Just don't run yourself dry trying to get better quality escorts. You still need to have some gold handy here, in case it does go to shit. You need to make some bribes, pay some people off, buy some meat shields. We do have a rather eclectic group of skills to trade, if comes to that. I don't think it will. A favor for a favor. You 
This is for you, Cody, in my box. How much do you think canonly I would have in that? <sighs> With a bit of pinching every now and again, last couple of years, I would comfortably say you've got at least maybe 300, 400 just sitting there. And that's outside of what your parents already have yeah. for like their money. Yeah. So for you, in excluding what you have on you right now, I'd say, let's say, let's say I sold 350. 350, yeah. 370, wait, 370. I feel like that feels uh, that feels normal because you never touch it, it just sits there. So, I'm just gonna wait. I've got a dock open, I've got it in my dock, so I don't forget. Yeah, are you sure that you're going to have the gold for that? I mean, to stay with them. You saw my box, I did, mm. and I'm still asking. Don't you fucking dare! I looked at. I saw your face straight away, and then I was like, Ah, yes, I know where you're going. <laughs> There's always one at the table. I live in a gutter. Excuse <laughs> me. I will ask Gus first and see what he says. If he denies my request or asks for payment out of reach that I'm comfortable with, I'll reconsider. How mad do you think he'll be if we wake him up at this hour? Oh, furious. But I'm sure if you uh, bat those uh, pretty eyelashes of yours, you can, like, make them bigger, can't you? That's a thing you can do, surely. Yeah. Get a little breeze starting. Get a bit of a wind going in I your skin. I can't control the weather, but yes, I can make Oh, well, big enough eyelashes. Like a thunderstorm. <laughs> Anyways, besides the point, I'm sure if you ask him very nicely, he will forgive the transgression at this hour in the morning. Ooh. I let you in on a little secret. Butters up his pooper every time. I will show you a store. He has a favorite box of chocolates. Every time I go to ask a favor of him, I always get the chocolates. And he magically says yes every time. Probably has nothing to do with our several decades of friendship. Always the chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> I promise it will work magic. If it's not open at the cell, we can just, I don't know, put our fist through the front window. I'm sure they won't miss one box of chocolates. They might miss the window, but I do have a window. <laughs> <laughs> I think a little mending can <laughs> Didn't miss a fucking beat. Us. <laughs> this is yeah, outrageous. <laughs> anyway. This super dark campaign. Gothic horror. <laughs> Window wipers. Well, I'm bringing the goth. What are the rest of you doing? My back hurts from carrying this. Oh, shit. That day. <laughs> anyway. So, so, 
you bribe, you bribe the big dragon man, you get escorts for your family, we get them out. Then what? Does we go ahead with happen... the assassination plan? Yes, does this all have to happen before you speak to Mr. K, or...? Your family will need to go before we speak to him. Well, yeah. before you speak to him. Family first. When it comes to the assassination, it entirely depends on basically the route of the meeting. So, having you in the vantage point of the window for his office will definitely help. That way you can at least see if something's going to happen. Because if push comes to shove, I'm not going to stand idle, I will fight back. But it's just a matter of if I can do it on my own. How many times have you been to this man's office? It probably wouldn't be like a major amount, would it? No, no. Enough. enough. Definitely enough. You know the area, you know the layout. Are there any kind of arcane trips? As in, if a couple of us were to accompany you invisibly, would we be spotted or seen outside of our own clumsiness? You can make a history check if you want to try. Looking pretty high-ish, you know. So you tell me what you roll. While she does that, can I quickly ask, mm -hmm. do I, what, what would sort of, as a surface level, 16. 16? Not from your memory. Okay. Oh! What would um, Zero's rapport be like with Mr. K? With Mr. K? Yeah. Um, strictly going off your backstory, your backstory alone. I'm trying to, just, no. Okay. What I'm going to give you now is strictly knowledge about his character, not about things about him specifically, like, you know, like mechanics-wise stuff. Mr. K is, for lack of a better term, an absolute prick. He really thinks of himself very highly. Yeah. He knows, he knows that he's tough and he's confident in his ability to get jobs that he wants done. Uh, and he's not afraid to get a bit dirty if he has to get dirty. So, yeah, because I've got like a base understanding of like who he is as a person, and I think like, well, Zero came into the game already established and like not like young. She was like mm -hmm. still hefty. You off. watched him. You watched him get more power over the last like thirty years, where he started as a bit of a shit kicker, and then he became stronger and more aggressive, uh, became very territorial and took a lot of those places by force. Okay. Um, right now, you're unsure about where his office is and where he kind of holds up, and you do. Um, but you know that even now, he probably would still give it a fucking fair go. Oh, I mean, like, I'm like, but I'm asking about, like, rapport. Like, rapport? Yeah. Your, okay, rapport specifically between you two, probably not ideal. Not ideal? You have a sense of you... I, I think Zero has enough of a sense of um, honour enough to mm. go, well, if you don't respect me, I'm not going to respect you, and Mr. K doesn't respect anybody. Oh. Except him damn self. Him damn self? His damn self. Okay, I just find that interesting that 
I would have been around it as kick, like his sh shit kicking, um, <clears throat> pardon me, his like shit kicking sort of era though. I feel like, I'm not, I'm not saying that like, I want to be in like good rapport with him. That's not what I'm saying at all. But, uh. So Mr. K was one of those people where he grew up in a crew of kids that worked their way up the slums and systematically as shit got wilder and they all started getting picked off, it was basically him left by himself. So he had to be able to develop an empire where he has no connections with people that can pose a risk to him, where he can be caught out. You're watching it on play right now with Zephyrus' family. Zephyrus has people that will buckle her integrity. Mr. K does not have that, which is why he has no real friends. His rapport is... He will make yeah. deals with people because he loves money, but he's not going to be friends with people or be super courteous. And the fact that he built his way up so high, he thinks so highly of himself now that it's like he has this weird... Like, his sense of self-worth became so high that it then affected his ability to have good rapport with other people because he's like, well, what can you do for me? Are you good enough to be with me? Are you good enough to help me? Because if you're not good enough to help me, I don't want you. He's just such a self-absorbed asshat that he basically tarnished any possibility of having good relationships, but he still holds some sort of foothold in the sect strictly because he is such a fucking unit that it's like, yeah, you know what I mean? He, it's one of those... Well, not a lot of us like him, but we don't really have the... We don't really want to make a move on him because he can kind of... It's like, the harder you fuck around, the harder you're going to find out. Yeah, so what I'm trying to discern, though, is, okay. like, um, is he going to fly off the handle if I go in with Zef with no invisibility on? Like, if it was just Hugo? Because I feel like Zero would be able to confidently determine that. Make an insight check for me with advantage, please. It's 25. <laughs> You're confident enough that you being, your, just your physical presence being there, you'd have a slightly better sway on the situation at first. It's like if I if I go in, it's like if I go in there and we can set a good baseline, we can probably make this transaction a little bit easier. Okay, that's what I think. All right. Okay. All right. No, that's good. But I'll give you with a twenty-five insight as well. A person with a very big ego teeters ever so precariously on the edge of insult, so you would have to be very careful with the words that you say and the terminology that you use. I'll give you that with a 25, because that was insanely high. I'm not smiling because Zero's going to get... It's, I, it's just who I am as a person. It's just who I am as a person. Zero's being very serious and calm and cool about this. Yeah, me, Sky <laughs> Sully. I am a fraction person. Wash it up in my head. Zero, cool, collected, calm. Never breaks under pressure. <laughs> it's the fun of roleplay, you know? That's the one. Um, Hugh was going to sort of look up at you two. What does Mr. K if at all, have anything to do with your sunken sect? Is this a, a you, are they together? Are they the same? So sunken sect is like a faculty. He is a big player within that faculty. So he's a part of the sect? Yes. Okay then, so 
he may have information on this other group that we're after as well. Mm. Yeah. If that group was hired to find you, do we want you walking in there? I don't think it was him who wanted to find me. I think it was somebody else. And we won't worry about them for the time being. There aren't any bigger fish to fry than that. From but I'm not that perfectly safe to travel with! <laughs> From the years that I've been working with Mr. K, there has not once been a mention of Zero in any form. I don't think they have major ties. My only concern might be information reaching those people that are hunting you that you're back in the city. Let it. Makes my job easier. Guess we it's easier than hunting them. them. Yeah. Maybe we could plant some information. God damn, out of out of campaign. That was so fucking cold blooded. Get <laughs> <laughs> inspiration. Yes. <laughs> that was fucking cold blooded. <laughs> Why did she sound like no worries? <laughs> what fucking ass that from? I don't damn know. it. <laughs> oh. Uh, on the record, you we... get it. You get inspiration if you say cold blooded. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we could plant some I information to bring those people out of hiding. We could use this to our advantage for other situations. I think from Mr. or we K. just kill him. <laughs> I vote that Google. one. From I have I no have... issues with death. <laughs> just death. With Mr. K as a person, I think Zero's presence there is enough for him to get someone to pay for that sort of information. He can say to wh whoever it is that's looking for Zero, I know where they are, such and such, and then you need to pay me this. He's that type of person. So basically seeding in information, we're basically seeding them in by having her present. So, I deeply apologize. I was too enamored with trying to find my inspiration button. <laughs> Could I just get a brief recap on what you told Hugo? I'm so sorry. I basically told Hugo that with you being present, <laughs> we won't have to see any information about um, who's looking for, for Zero, mm. and that um, Mr. K will pretty much use that information and sell it off. Regardless, mm -mm. that's fine if Cody allows it. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't exist right now. <laughs> Everyone in the room, who's Cody? <laughs> Cody! It's <laughs> being morphing into the wall. <laughs> He's in the walls! He's in the goddamn walls! <laughs> well, I think. I think perhaps we won't all have to go invisible. I could just shadow you. I don't think my presence will be too much of an upsetting factor for what you're trying to achieve. In fact, if I keep my mouth shut, it could work in your favor. Maybe. My only other thing is, would it be more insulting to the man in cause more issue if I was to be discovered invisible or just accompany you to begin. Oh, he would be majorly insulted if yeah. he found you invisible. Because I'm not the stealthiest. 
I may be small, but... Do we have something for that? Can we put, like, I don't know, cushions on your feet or something? <laughs> Just bubble. Um... <clears throat> Literally in spear, just rolling through the whole thing. <laughs> well, look, the thing is, is that we can't have you there not invisible. You are an outsider. Not only that, but you are an outsider of the sunken sect, and on top of that, you are an outsider of the city. So I feel like he's going to be insulted either way. Uh. I didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Let me just see if... Do I... No, I thought I had like a cheeky silence spell, but I don't. I took a really dumb thing instead. I'm not particularly loud or anything, and I just... It could be a... I wondered if it was worth the risk, but I guess if we reach the point of a fight, we're in a fight. Just time your steps with ours. Stop when we stop. Then you don't have to be stealthy. You're just simply an echo. As long as you stay close to each other, I can hide between you pretty well also. Hmm. Risk it for the biscuit. I say why not, because if things turn south, I, I would like someone that can heal. I think I should be there. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the best way to manage it. And not only that, but we'll have a bit of an eye in the sky as well. Mm. So, I mean, if it does go tits up, then... Well, before the morning, you know, before most people wake, shall we go scope out a... a nest for our sniper? Not a bad idea. Yeah. Should we, before we do that, do you want to maybe wake up one of your parents and give them a down low, or do you want a way to do that? I'm just worried about us leaving the house. He's a bit of a slippery bastard. Hugh's gonna pop his head outside and have a look around to see if there's anyone watching the house of any type since there's already been something. I could, yeah, okay, go outside and make an investigation check for me. Ooh, Ooh 19. Plus nothing, so 19. <laughs> On a 19 flat, uh, generally looking for people, it's, um, you just use perception. Investigation is when you're looking for key details, and there's a reason I asked you to do that. Because when you stick your head out, you can see it. there are people walking through the streets, even this early in the morning. And um, Hannah Fraser's a city never sleeps. Like Traders Bay being a whole neighbourhood dedicated to work and then being multiple places of work in every other neighbourhood as well, maybe excluding the law sector. Um, there's a lot of people walking. Granted, at this particular time in the morning, it's a little bit quieter. You only see like two or three people off adjacently. But I'll say for the sake of really being thorough, you're... I say he does like a loop of the house and yeah. you know does a little bit of touch up of garden things and that you know yeah, just so like he's doing some work but he's kind of poking around. Being cheeky, you head around the house and you find where there's like little pockets of grass and weeds that'll like have broken through and like one little garden bed that's like outside the kitchen window and you like just cheeky draw craft and make it up and it's real subtle and you're able to get it through. Um, but then after that, you kind of break off and do a quick lap of like the little 
courtyard street area. And immediately with a 19, you find that there are, there's no people around you, but you do see a concentration of where there's one of the alleyways facing directly across from the house. There are a couple of like cigarette butts and stuff there that have been left around, like rolled cigarettes and tobacco that's been chewed and spat and like smoked and stuff. Um, and where they are undercover, you, it's when you go over there, like, for you spending so long in nature, you can tell when you can smell something that's like hangs in the air for too long. And recently there's been cigarette smoke and the concept of someone smoking cigarettes quite recently, you could probably chalk it up to workers, but at the same time, like the amount of cigarette butts and stuff there and they're in the same spot, it's kind of a bit suspect. That's what I'll put down. But what you get from that investigation check is which is kind of what I was alluding to, you're able to figure out in that instance that there's, there is a multitude of times where this person has passed this house. Whoever knew that you were there had done so several times and clued on that you guys were there because when you turn around and look, you can see where at this particular angle, you can tell what lights are on in the house. So this person only had to keep walking past enough to realise that the lights are on and hear the sounds of like, dinner and chatter and talking and they knew there was a full house in there. Right now, you're saying there's a few people around. Is there anyone really close by? Maybe 10, 20 feet away. Some felt big coat, big boots, like like a human, burly dude, big coat, jagged with a, like a fisherman's beanie on, hands in his pockets, walking along. Hugo's gonna sort of stroll up beside him. Hello, sir. Morning. Morning. Are you working around this area usually? I don't work around here. I, I, I walk to work early in the morning. Tonight it's quiet. So you wouldn't have noticed anyone unusual hanging out around this area recently? And he pulls out a silver piece and sort of flicks the coin to him. Mm. Sweet and a deal. No. I do this walk five times a week now. And uh, there was one fella. Hanging around here. Skinny boy, kind of coated up for the weather, but human, pale skin, brown hair. I find him scoping around every now and again there. Smoking them cigarettes there. He'd come by early in the morning. I probably saw him once or twice walking home. In which way was that? Well, I come from Whitney, Whitney now. So we are in. Oh my god, I'm having a brain fart. Where's your house again? Gorazon? Gorazon. Yeah, Gorazon. So he's walking from Gorazon to, uh, he goes, uh, Traders Bay. So Traders Bay is technically towards the northwest, and Gorazon is basically directly east. So he goes back and he goes, It's kind of a clear cut path. You just walk straight past the garden, and there's Traders Bay, and then come about six o'clock in the evening, and I walk back. But six o'clock in the evening, there's a lot more people where people are leaving to go home or they're going to work to do the night shift. But uh, I saw him maybe once or twice hanging about there. It's peculiar because you don't live around here. That's very helpful information. Thank you very much, sir. You're welcome. Have yourself a mighty fine day. 
Thank you for my lunch money. And then he continues to walk off. I'm going to come back to the house and reiterate that information to everyone. So it seems that someone has been stalking this house. Pale-haired human. Leaves a lot of trash in his wake. Would I know of anyone that I work with that smokes? You know, pale-haired human guy that likes to smoke, uh, that coats up for the weather. Uh, that's one of Mr. K's dudes. Mm. Yep. Uh, pale-haired, thin, thin white boy. Yeah. Probably not much older than you, um, kind of young, but uh, he's a bit of a mad dog. Like the kind of rabbit, he'll go and do anything that Mr. K tells him to do because he wants to be a, a good little servant boy. So the fact that he sent him makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable because this particular dude, uh, you don't know his name. You just know him because you see him. Like there's no reason for a lot of the guys, like a lot of people in the sect, you don't really have to know anyone's name, but whoever employs you and whoever you're killing nine times out of 10. It's basically to lessen the likelihood that someone will rat a name out, someone will slip something or emotional attachment becomes a thing. But you basically just know him as like, he's like the mad dog and it's disconcerting because he's a bit crazy. I think we need to use this to our advantage in knowing that he probably knows that there's a group of us, which means Mr. K probably knows that there's a group of us. He may have also been following us around since we got here. Considering we also know who it is that might be watching the house if we do warn your parents to keep an eye out and avoid such a character. I wouldn't bank on him having followed us around prior because the letter only got sent at some point after the dinner last night and when I woke this morning. He's been there recently. Yes, but if he had known that you were back before then, he would have let you know that he knew. Like he did last night or this morning. Well, I spoke to one of your neighbors and he says he's seen this man around this area a few times recently. So it's more than just today. Yes, but it's probably scoping out the house because it's their family waiting for her to come home. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean they've been following us around the city already. We or might are we smarter to assume that they know more or less than they do though? Well, we don't underestimate. But we also don't give more credit where it's not due. I mean, at the end of the day, if there's no element of surprise, it's not going to be there. But we shouldn't just cut it out completely because we think it might not be there. We might miss out on a good opportunity. I'm gonna go wake up my parents mm. and have a discussion with them. Okay. Uh, while Zeph continues to move up the stairs, what are you three gonna do? Tell your mother I heard I fixed up her herb garden while I was out there. <laughs> God, <Lord. laughs> Zeph is just, just outrageously <laughs> overgrown. Like, <laughs> yeah. go that part second. Deliver the first new the bad news first. Zeph is good, like. When Zeph walks up the stairs, they don't grab onto the rails, but when you say that, they just hold it for a second. <laughs> and then, like, go and walk up. <laughs> it's a moment of, like, okay. You move into your parents' room. Again, everything here is made by hand. It is very humble. What you see are uh, Dorma and Meredith asleep in bed. 
I'm gonna sit on the edge of the bed on my mother's side and just gently shake her. You've timed it exceptionally well because this is around the time that your dad would start probably getting up to go to work. So it's um, zero waking up when uh, she did was probably quite clever. Um, but you generally rock uh, your mum and she's like, Oh, hey, sweetie, what is it? Hey, Ma. Um, Full red hair. <laughs> I just need to get uh, Dad awake first too before I discuss what's going on. Okay, your funeral. And then she sits out and she goes, Dolly. Dolly. Mm. Mm. Sits stone cold upright. <laughs> hey, kid. Hey, Pa. Um, I know it's early, but it's around the time that you're going to get up for work anyway, so I thought I'd do the honours. That's a whole three minutes I'm never going to get back in. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, minutes. I'm sorry, but it is quite urgent. Um, from hearing down the grapevine with work, I've heard that there's been a few break-ins recently. Okay. And I've also found that there has been someone that's been watching the house. And I'm unsure if it's connected to the break-ins, but I also don't want to basically leave any room for something to happen. See, so your dad's like, Whoa, I'll welcome some motherfucker to try to break in here. <laughs> I know, I know. You can, you can defend the house really well, but what I'm concerned about is the kids. I don't want them to get into harm's way. Your mum just looking shocked on it. Like she looks so that really over dramatic mum that like just loses her mind at everything. Like she's freaking out. She's like, oh, stick in my Valentino white bag. Wait, what stick in my Valentino white bag? <laughs> Poggers in my Valentino white bag. <laughs> there there was a town on the way from one of the jobs that I went to when I went out of the city recently. And I made some decent connections there and they'll be able to hold you guys up in the meantime until I figure out why these break-ins are happening. I would like you to make either a persuasion or a deception check for me. Okay. And tell me what you... Oh, actually, tell me what you're rolling. Deception. Natural 20. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so it doesn't even matter. Well, it kind of does. Are you... Are you... Is it one of those things where, like, you're... Because to me... I'm not going to deceive them. I'm going to persuade you're them. Try, you're trying to dance around it. Okay. Your, your dad specifically, there's no breaking on his face. He's at that moment where he's waking up, he's still like this. Because, like, he's trying to hold on to what little bit of sleep he had left. So he's like, he, and he's kind of... He's Alarm like, he's goes like, off. He's listening and he's like... Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> but your mum's hanging on to every word, right? And she goes... Um, 
the moment you mentioned break-ins, she gets a bit concerned because, and you can gather off the bat, like just passively, she didn't know about it. That's not something that she's heard because she doesn't. She's not really the one that goes to work. It's your dad that goes to work, but your dad doesn't concern himself with these sort of things. Yeah. So it's a bit peculiar. Um, but you find she gets a bit flustered and she looks to Dully and she goes, we can't, we can't stay here if there's people breaking in. I mean, the kid knows best. Well, um, I'm sure I could, uh, get a couple days off. Uh, how long would we have to go, kid? Because I'd still have to at least go to the shop and tell them that I'm not going to be there for a couple of days. Let's say, how about a week's holiday? I could probably do a week. And she goes, um, your mum goes, well, uh, when do we, when... When should we leave? I'm assuming you and your friends probably know best. I'd, I'd probably say today. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. Um, do you have friends that are going to help us get there, or do we... I will be having a look into seeing if I can get someone to escort you on the way. Well, Dolly, how about you go up and go tell work that it's a family emergency? Tell them, tell them your, your mom fell down the stairs again. I don't know. But um, <laughs> in the meantime, um, I'll let the kids sleep in, and then when that's good from work, we'll, you can go do what you got to do and come back, okay? Are you okay? I'm okay. Mm. Oh, sweet. And she gives you a big, big cuddle from, like, here down. <laughs> Like, I do imagine that she pulls a like pulls Zeph in, and Zeph is kind of wedged in between the both of them, like they were when they were kids. Oh yeah, we can do that. Yeah, it's a big it's a big cuddle bug at this moment. Yeah, uh, between you, like your dad's yeah. huge tree trunk fucking arms, <laughs> and your and your mum's like dainty for a dwarf hands, and there's a bit of a cuddle bug, and then eventually um your father gets up and he goes. All right, chill. You don't want to see this. <laughs> he ushers you out so he can get changed. And the door shuts behind you. You can go do what you've got to do. As I'm going down the hallway... Oh, dog's still there, by the way. Yeah, I was about to <laughs> kick him away. Just, let's go, dog. Let's you go. kick him and he and he inverts on his back first before he finds his feet. He's like... <laughs> eyes are... <laughs> I'm like... Where's Voyage? <laughs> <laughs> Skids like front legs don't move, back legs turn up, and then just go. Just powers off. Voyage trying to come up with a game plan. Can hear the approaching doom. (laughs) (laughs) It's literally like (laughs) (laughs) that one where they're like barking through the fences, or like the beagles, like (laughs) basically, you like like everyone else who's here in company. Voyage is like, we gotta get this one, and it just gets taken out by this fucking green blur. And eventually... So how did your parents take the news? They're leaving today. So I'll contact our friends then. Yeah. I'll have a talk to Gosserick, see if he has anyone spare. If not, I might be able to pay someone that's travelling that way, hopefully today. Well, I'll use a sending spell to message... I marked it before, where is it? Uh, Radon, the dwarf from Yeah, that we befriended and sort of, you know... Give him the go Let down. Let him know a family of five are coming. We have a small emergency and need you to look after our family friends. 
a group of fam a group a group, a group of family, family. a group of family of ours. And this is sending, right? This is twenty five words. Okay. And that's where you ended? This is Hugo, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> About ten seconds worth of gap. Ah uh, yes. Little short flower man. How are you? Excellent. Look forward to it. Have the room. I'm not wasting another third level. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, do you want to go to Goss? If you want to take Hugo with you to get that organized. And if you just tell me Mr. K's office location, I can help Voyage pinpoint the sniper point. Alright. We can do that. Is that for grab a piece of parchment and um, a pen and just basically write down the obviously it's in some consect but just draw a little map that's not the best as voyages but uh, as Hugo's but um, pretty much just like big man here this is the street that's the building there's roof Adjacent to window. So you get Hugo have you seen the smash? <laughs> yes. Hugo's looking over your shoulder, making his own version for his little bag. <laughs> so you get a um. So uh, Mr. K's apartment that he works out of is in Sevet, which is T S V E T, which is one of the other uh, more southern region uh, suburbs. And basically, his apartment that he works out of is the top floor but it's also surrounded by other buildings that are equally as tall. So you're able to say anyone on these block will be the way to go. Yeah. Uh, where is he again? Did you say so? Svet. T-S-V-E-T. Svet. Yeah. Svet. Ah, uh, yeah. So basically you get a small little map to uh, Svet. And so let's just go over who's going with who. So uh, Seth and Hugel are going to Goss. Yeah. And uh, Zero and Voyage are going to check out the scope, the vantage point. Okay. So what we're going to do is um, have one from either of the groups roll a d20, and we'll just see who we go with. Pure luck. Siblings had it. 10. 15. Alrighty. So, we, <laughs> so you, can, you can pick. Do you want to go with you or do you want to go with them? They could go first. Alrighty. So you guys move... How far away is the uh, store with the chocolates in it? Oh, like a view on the way. It's in. It's in. Uh, I have mending prepared. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, so it is in Moroz. What well, imagine is Zeph just like putting a fist through the door and then opening it, and everybody that's working the chocolates. I'm <laughs> like, we're fucking open. <laughs> Did you see the fucking mouth that we're open? <laughs> you right? <laughs> Nobody makes me laugh like me. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my days. Oh my days. Chocolates. Chocolate. Another short, right? <laughs> the chocolate. Uh, so, Gosford's neighbourhood is Moroz. Uh, there are. It is residential sector, but there are obviously some small, like um, 
um, well, what's the term where it's like specialty stores where mm. it's like because it's like it's a slightly richerish bit of neighborhood, like nicer apartments, nicer blocks there. Um, but yeah, his favorite store is um, on en route to his place. So you guys are able to stop off. So as we follow um, Zephyrus and Hugo, you guys are walking through. It's still quite early in the morning. Like we're probably clocking, by this point, you're probably looking at about six o'clock when you, maybe 6.15 when you leave the family home. And then going all the way to Moroz, it's probably about, at this time of the morning with no people, you could probably clock it in about just under two hours, I say, with the with the, how big the city is. So you guys push through and you bypass, um, like, so you guys go past uh, Mudrost, Razum as well. You actually have to pass around the edge of Razum, the law sector, to get to Moroz because it's right down the south side. Um, and you see, like, you feel so bad as you like pass like the libraries and you know like those specialty buildings where certain people are allowed to study you see students like fully rugged up like the ass crack of dawn with like a stack of books like, like doing books and shit going to study it's like oh man <laughs> and but you guys push into moroz and when you it's still really early in the morning when you get to the chocolate shop that zero pointed out to you it is definitely shut It's typical, like, one long city block. Like, to get to a back door, you probably have to go all the way back around through some alleys. But it's, like, a big glass window front with, um, they have enchantments to light it up when they're open and stuff. And there's, like, one of those little canopy things that come out and, like, a big glass window with all the display stuff in there. It's like a confectioner. Not like a chocolate shop, it's a confectionery shop. There's a multitude of sweets and stuff in there. Before we smash open the window and call some attention to ourselves, can you pick locks? Grabs Thieves' kit out of their pocket. I had a feeling you might be able to do this. Alright, what do I have to roll for that? Uh, that's sleight of hand. Um, that's a sleight of hand check. Uh, with proficiency, so with your dexterity modifier. Um, yeah, so sleight of hand is dex. Uh, plus your proficiency bonus because you're proficient with Thieves' tools. So realistically, if you just do your sleight of hand stat, it should already be added on there, so... Could you take my inspiration? You've still got an inspiration. I think we've all got <laughs> no, inspiration. I used it. No. Um, you, you find when you put uh, when you put the little hook pin in there, you just crack the little hook pin in the door. Yeah. Gave it a bit of a boot before my accident. I was scared. Fuck. I really want those goddamn chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like... Hugo looks around. Is there anyone around us? Have a perception check. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Five total. There's there's people like definitely walking around, but you're unsure if anyone's actually paid attention to where you are right now. Hugo takes out a small like, basically like a little hammer sort of thing from a kitty's gun, and he holds it against like the glass. Just... Ay 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 ay. No. It's a bad But Zero said. I know we shouldn't Zero listen said. to what Zero said. We probably we? shouldn't have listened to what Zero said. We probably should have just gone straight to Goss. I don't even know why I considered chocolates. Why did I consider chocolates? <laughs> I kind of want some chocolates. I mean, <laughs> no, 
enjoy you, Hugo. But if we're breaking in, I can take some too. <laughs> Let's just forget the chocolates. We should have never come here in the first place. But he they look so even good. Like that them. chocolate truffle fudge. <laughs> He's staring through the window, just like oh, <laughs> your breath just falling out the glass. Fine. When they open, I will buy you a box of chocolates on the way back. You look like a little kid. Really? <laughs> Let's go to Gosrex. Let's forget about the chocolates. I'll do my best. <laughs> Licking his lips. <laughs> you guys push on. Just for uh, the record, Hugo would have taken so many chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see it! <laughs> I'll bring you back, I promise. Next time you go see him, it would've just been like chocolate all over his face. He just put a bit of a little blueberry rolling down the street. Chocolate? Hugo yeah. has spent years through the woods. He's probably never had chocolate. Yeah. Oh my God. Do you reckon it'd be like too sweet for him? No, that's kind of kind of sweet chocolate, isn't it? how yeah, it's like yeah. after yeah, the It depends on stuff. what you pick. It depends on what you pick. Yeah. Oh I'll get you God. some fudge. <laughs> like, people's be the size of dinner plates. <laughs> <laughs> I can break in now. I can break in it. They're open, Hugo. I can break in. <laughs> he was like drunk after a half a beer in that first game. So <laughs> you'd be like Ralph Wiggle when he goes crashes through the fucking window. And I'm a rock. Yes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you wouldn't need to cast him in his ability. He just goes that quick. <laughs> <laughs> you guys push on. And eventually you find yourselves in the apartment complex where Gostrick lives, going up to his gigantic iron door. And by this point, yeah, it's probably uh, just under two hours. You're probably clocking about 7.45 in the morning by the time you get there. Yeah, you'll be Especially there. with a little diversion to the chocolate shop. <laughs> Again, that 10 second wait. <laughs> Big iron door opens up. Again, just this big, ripped as fuck brass dragon board. <laughs> and if I looks down at the both of you, oh, hey. What's up? What's he wearing this time? He's This is comfort clothes, dude. He's got like, it's like, it's like, it's like training underpants for like a loincloth. I look at him and should I wait out here? <laughs> no. <laughs> you want to come inside? Yes, please. Okay. Do I, you guys uh, move in? Stop <laughs> it! Oh my god! Here's my buffer for a reason! The buffer is bolstered from than his head! What the fuck is he buffering? <laughs> you could have taken either of us to be a wingman and you choose half wing. Uh, actually, technically. So uh, you guys walk in, uh, quite chilly, uh, seems you guys had the fire on, it's probably not long been awake, um, but you find you can smell the, the burnings of of like like coffee or tea of some sort, some warm beverage and like a couple of candles lit in this kitchenette across from the front door. And you find um, he just walks straight over and sits down on one of his comfy chairs, like he's just woken up enough that he's just like, yeah, I'm going to sit down right here. So he sits down with his like little hot drink and goes, if you want one, I can I can make you one. No, no, I'm, I'm all good. You? I'm fine, thank you. Wonderful. 
Zeph will sit down on a chair across from him and just hold her hands in front of her face and I've come to ask for <coughs> a chauffeur if you have anyone. Uh, there could be a few people, depends on what you want, what you need. Any of them that have been out of the city? A couple, a couple of the younger guys, yeah. What, what do you need? What, what's what's the job? What's the Gutenlauer again? Gutenlauer, yeah. yeah. Um, to take my family to Gutenlauer. Family? Why are you moving your family? That's a decent hike. Why? You... Mister K contacted me. Oh, that asshole. And I <clears throat> don't feel like this time around it's going to end them. When are they leaving? Today. Today. How much time do I have? Until this afternoon. So I've basically got eight hours, ten hours to get this done. Okay. You got money? Yeah. How much you got? On my person? Probably a hundred in savings, round three. Look, I'm not gonna make any money off this. This is purely gonna go to whoever I can muster up and that, again, will take me most of my day. So that's probably gonna be it. If you got 300 gold, you're losing all of it. If you want a person to go there, where is he going and staying with them, or is he just going and coming back? Just going and coming back. Get a smart one. <laughs> I could, if it's just. <sighs> Look, maybe if it's just a transport job, three hundred. I could probably get you someone and get you a carriage to get them there and get them back so you can do it without a stop. But again, that's that's all the money. And it might cost a favor, but I don't know. I'll have to touch that up as I go. But if you're serious and you want this done, I can do it. It's a deal. you doing today? Going and seeing good old Mr. K. <clears throat> okay, well. I've probably as long as I've known Zero, I've known that asshole. And anyone who works for him, as far as he's concerned, belongs to him. I just want you to know. You're young. You're you're a bright kid. younger than me anyway but if you want out you gotta fight your way out okay that's why I'm moving my family okay that's a smart move then you've got good people around you this particular bunch big blue guy I don't know we'll see what happens with him mm. but this bunch you got they're good people I can tell people you got good people. Just make sure you 
play it smart, think ahead, and you might be able to get out of this. I can't guarantee that there might not be some fallout on the way out, you know. Mr. K might be an asshole, but he's a powerful asshole. So, as long as you're sure. I'd prefer to not be under his thumb any longer. It strikes me as very wise. Okay. Well, I'm going to firmly yet politely ask you to leave so I can put on some proper clothing and then go get to work. Thank you. Okay, <clears throat> and you will get up and go to walk out. And just before you all leave, he quickly calls out. Uh, before before you go, this is just this is not sect member to sect member. This is friend to friends. Keep an eye on her for me. Now that she's back, and certain individuals seem to be raising their heads again, I'm worried about what she might do. So for me, if you could just look after her for me. She's one of the only few friends that I have in this place. He gives a nod. Yeah. Gives you a wink, and then shuts the door on the way out. <laughs> no. No. Ah, uh, <laughs> Now I have a I have a high passive insight. <laughs> How's the Zephyr react to this? <laughs> Do you I roll? Just have an alcohol bottle. <laughs> you can roll persuasion or deception. Uh, persuasion or deception. Just don't tell which one. It just. This is the only time Hugo sees color on Zephyr. <laughs> <laughs> passive insight is sixteen. So. Yeah. Just a slight. Not even rolling for it. <laughs> Just turns away. Only you can just see the like their um, silhouette, side, side <laughs> profile, profile, yeah. and you can just see the cheeks slightly go red as they walk down the stairs. Hugo smirks and follows. Alrighty. Um, did we now? Just remind me. I believe the. I don't even know if we actually said it. the agreement was just to meet back at the house once everything was done, right? Like being back at Zeph's house. I think that would be a. A smart decision. Okay, cool. I don't recall if it was actually said, but I think we'd, it'd be just good to get that on the table. So, with that, you guys were able to basically just be lined straight home and just play the waiting game. And we're going to cut back to our two uh, scouts here in the city. Um, um, I'm... Zero is based in um, Zolotto, isn't she? The garden, yep. Right in the middle. Okay. Um, Alright, okay. No worries. Um, so we've got the address, we're mm -hmm. going to head to the general vicinity of it Yep. and start scoping that out. But as they are walking, um, Zero will address Voyage. After we, uh, head to Svet, I need to make a pit stop back at my apartment. I don't think... I, I know that the work that Zeph has done, they think they might have a lot of gold, but the job that they are trying to pull in respect is probably not going to be enough. It's probably going to clean them out. 
So afterwards, I'm going to stop by my apartment and I'm going to uh, get some reimbursement organized. Okay. I've got no as long as you're fine with that, yes. Yeah. All right. So, uh... Did you find what you were looking for in the library? Not yet. You uh, want any help with that? He just kind of like... What do you mean? Well, I mean, you didn't find what you were looking for yet, do you? Want help finding what you're looking for? Do you know what it is you're looking for? He's just kind of going to take a moment and he's going to think on it. Zero is very patient. Yeah, no. It, That's <coughs> what frightens me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the patience, the uncanny patience. He's just like, I think it's best maybe for now that we wait until we help Zeph first. We can help Zeph first. And then after the librarian does or doesn't get back to me with what I'm after, uh, I wouldn't mind some insight from someone who might know. Who would know? Mm, maybe you. Maybe... Hugo, maybe. You can give me a head start. You tell me what you're looking for. Because we're just walking. Let uh, me open my Google Docs. <laughs> Let me get the correct <laughs> information for you so I don't... But Fantasy yeah. Google! <laughs> <laughs> it's called a scrying glass. <laughs> Load! <laughs> Load faster! Hold on, the ink is processing. <laughs> My what? scrying stone gets the fucking <laughs> His internet history starts popping up. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm not friends with you people. Nah, yes. he probably wouldn't even do that. He was raised by Solace. He'd be all like, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. No, that's true. I'm looking for a child born, specifically the parents of the child born in, what was the name of the town? Whistling Hamlet. Whistling Hamlet, by the name of, I picked this name. Why did I pick this name? Help me. <laughs> Pronunciation. Um, Morsus. Morsus. Wait, did you say what year? Uh, there wasn't a year. You're asking for records for 30 years back. Yeah. Right. Maximum. Yeah. Maximum. Is this relative or...? Oh, I'm more so looking for my parents. Eh... Uh, you can see the math, <laughs> mapping in Zero's head how Voyage has two dads. <laughs> Bing! Oh! <laughs> Whole bunch of people on the stage, like. 
This elf would be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he lives in a pineapple under the sea. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Neither of my dads are my biological dad. I imagine dicks around in his shit and presents a photo of a blue tiefling with long dark blue hair and a taller drow beefy looking kind of got like that side mohawk shit going on but dresses like an orc which is a bit weird but good thing you point that out because I had it listed as half orc (laughs) so my notes were wrong colourful family (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh Your dads are Very handsome You need to get laid I've had a dry spell longer than you've been alive Sweetie <laughs> <laughs> We broke the DM. <laughs> Inspiration. <laughs> that was cold blooded. <laughs> I would like to think that that was canon in Zero's head, but it was just Zeph saying, you know, Go away. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly can read thoughts. Just like puts both of her guns to her head. I'll do it. I'll fucking do it. <laughs> I just, I didn't want to really bring it up with gestures as if they're both here, but they're not. Everything everyone else has going on. It, my search seems pretty mundane in comparison. Oh, no. No voyage. That's, that's important. I mean, do you mind if I ask why you're trying to find them? I was just curious to see where I came from. You don't see many green tieflings around very often. Okay. You should see this photo of my sister, though. Cobalt. Hmm? <laughs> Older? Younger. Damn it, I was gonna say fucking younger, but I didn't want to assume just because she would have been tidier. Just... Sometimes... When we go... Looking for these kinds of things, they don't always end up being... What we expect. I'm sure you're already fully aware of that, though, that they could end up being horrible, horrible people and you'll be bitterly disappointed and then the entire meaning of your existence will collapse in on itself because you're like, oh my god, I came from very, very terrible people and why did I even try to track them down when I have two very lovely fathers at home? But I have two lovely fathers at home. Whoever I am of isn't who raised me, didn't make me who I am today. Okay. 
if you think that you can take on whatever it is you find, regardless of whatever it is you find, then I believe you. He looks a little bit indifferent, but the naivety, it's all there. Okay, tough crowd. Um, Eventually you guys find yourselves uh, clearing through this walk into, from Gora, from Gorazan to Svet is uh, kind of roughly the same amount of time, maybe a little bit less, because uh, obviously Moroz is past Razum, so you guys kind of bypass that a little bit. In about an hour and a half. So if you guys left at six, you probably get there about 7.30. And by the time you guys get there, the streets are a little bit more lively uh, there. So I'll quickly... There we go. So it's a little bit more lively. Um, the setting of the day, the setting of the day is still a bit grey in the sky considering it was raining the day before. The clouds still hang overhead kind of dark. So it's the intrusion of rain kind of sits on maybe a very, very teetering precipice. Maybe it just needs one nudge to the left or one nudge to the right and we'll have rain or just clouds again. But when you guys get to Svet, it's a lot of apartment buildings, not as big as what's in Zolotto, the garden, but still decent enough. And when you see a lot of people, you see a lot of people in finely tailored gowns walking through in and out of here. And some carrying uh, cases and like uh, like travel satchels, or like paperwork and scrolls. You seem that this is a bit more of a, maybe businesses, offices, places that can be rented for people to maintain files, records, anything of that sort of stuff. Um, and... As you move through, just make sure. Nice. Sorry, I was oh. waiting for a cab. What? I hate it when you open it with your dick. So where you guys, so where you guys walk into, where you guys walk into on the very edge of Svet is where there's a where there's a fair amount of people, right on the border between the neighbourhoods. Because um, Svet sits between uh, Coronet and Razum, and then the Zolotto, the garden, is obviously off in the distance towards the edge there. But as you follow the map and get closer into um Svet proper like in the center where it's a little bit trickier maybe to get buildings a little bit less intrusive it gets a little bit quieter it's a little bit less populated and dense um i actually want you to make a history check for me with advantage please just to try and with recall advantage. some information thank god that's with fucking advantage it's, it's not great. we'll see how much brain power she got. Like old Charles Xavier from the X-Men where like the radio oh. waves go out and molded. <laughs> yeah, that hardly cracks it. That's a 12. Well, a 12 is enough. You think back on it and you're like, man, this place is kind of dead. And you remember hearing it in passing years ago, years ago, like probably a decade over a decade, nearly probably 12 or 13 years ago, um, that there was actually a really bad uh, fight here between... Um, the military, like the soldiers, the iron law bearers, and a group of A heads. This is when A when Astral first hit the market a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, basically they took a bunch of innocents hostage a uh, hostage when it was a ba- a really bad disagreement between a bunch of junkies and the soldiers were trying to talk them down and it became a whole thing. And basically everyone there died. All the soldiers uh, some of the soldiers, all the astral junkies and the hostages got killed. So a lot of people don't like to rent here, which is why only along the border along that like scene where the neighborhoods slowly start to change over is there people that kind of work there but that's why a lot of people do rent that area because it's cheap because no one wants to go there because it's a pretty bad fucking vibe is that where is that sort of in the same 
region where me and Goss had... No, so where you guys had your interaction was Vortekin, the slums, which is further again. It's actually the next level. Ah, Roger Dodger. All right. So, yeah, good times had by all. But you guys move in and scoping the building, um, scoping the building, you realise, there we go, uh, you realise that the building that Zephyrus had marked on the map, um, it's not derelict by any means, but it's definitely a little bit more neglected. A lot of the windows on the lower levels are, it's, you know, just typical stone with like iron window sills and frames and stuff climbing up a couple of stories. And then when it gets to the top, the top one is in a little bit more better shape. And you going, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. So you you scope it from a distance. Um, I would like you to make a perception check for me. And well, you can make one as well. Or if you'd like to give zero advantage or vice versa, it's entirely up to you guys. I see nothing. That's a 25. Okay. Nice. So for, for you, I think for Zero, you get kind of mentally blocked by just like the sheer attitude of this guy. You're like, this fucking asshole. <laughs> and you're like looking at and you're like, mom, mom, <laughs> we're here. And you look, um, I'm thinking. <laughs> Hands on face like mom. <laughs> As you're scoping around, you kind of, I feel like for Voyage particularly, considering you, I th- was it Voyage that put his hand up to do the overwatch from the opposing building? I kind of feel like it was. Yeah. So for you, your heart's kind, you're kind of shaking a little bit and you're kind of trembling. It's like, no, I'm, I'm here. Like, I don't know this guy from a bar of soap. It doesn't bother me, but I'm here for a job. I need to figure this out because I need to help my friend. And you can tell that from uh, literally directly across adjacent from the building, that's also kind of abandoned. You reckon if you could probably get maybe Zero or Zephyrus to break you in, you could crawl up and you could knock one of those windows out and get yourself a decent solid bit. With a 25, you spot you like that window right there. Gives me a view to that fucking big bay window. I reckon I've got it. Based on that series of information as well, mm-hmm. what is the dif- distance between that window that I've just spotted and the big window? Road, 20 feet, 20, 25 feet. About, about 60, uh, so from building to building, about 60 feet. Mm-hmm. Going into that office, you'd probably be looking at about 120 feet, give or take. Depends on how deep the office goes in. So, Mechanically, basically, if you intend to be there and you intend to take a shot, we basically have to knock 60 feet off your distance overall before you start making shots, basically, if you were to do that. But, yeah, it's doable. Like, I believe your bow has, like, 100 and something... 150. 150. It's doable. You might run into some trouble, depending if on how deep the office is. Mm. But 150, you're definitely going to clear that fucking road and you're definitely going to clear that window. Mm-hmm. How far can that thing shoot at disadvantage? 600. You're a sniper, all right. Um, but I also got no idea what your guns are like. Hawker! Hawker! Cat's everything. I'm doing and I'm fabulous. <laughs> Voyage tries, smacks himself in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing, the, like, the fucking string of his bow is like wrapped around his face. <laughs> 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 there is no help. 
zero the profession. <laughs> Baka. <laughs> so, into the office itself, even though it was mentioned that he sits with his back to a window, mm-hmm. it would be 120 foot, uh, 20 feet. 120. You're confident that if it's um, if you're shooting to just inside the window, you're probably gonna be good for 120. Yeah. About that, maybe. Okay. But that's only because you're anticipating that the office fits within a very small gap beyond that window. Yeah. Okay. Wait. So how wide's the road? From from base of building A, which is his office, yeah. to base of building B across the road, you're yeah. looking at about 40 plus another 10 on each side, so. 50, 60 feet, about 60 feet. And the only reason is beyond 120 feet where his bow gets into disadvantage, it's depending on how far into that window he has to shoot. So technically, if Voyager's standing at the window and he's shooting into the other window and Mr. K's at the window, it's only 60 feet. 65, technically. Yeah. 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 Okay. Give or take. In 65. Yeah. All right. 60. So you've got, yeah, a good 60 feet of office that you're comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, and the then and that's before you've got enemies depends. inside, friendlies inside. Yeah, mm. because if the office is more than sixty feet, which goes past that one twenty, then it's like you know if he's right at the door, you disadvantage because of how far it is. Basically, you're taking away from that. It's like there's a lot of factors going into this, mm-hmm. but we can do it. You can make the distance. Mm-hmm. I can go the distance. I was waiting for that. <laughs> yes. You see, you see. No, I'm not going to say shit. Um, <laughs> Salt I'm going to sit on that. Fly. I'm going to sit on that. So, <laughs> point that out to. Yeah, he's going to be like that one. I would say it's probably not even vocalized. You kind of just nudge it and go. Mm. Is the building that that window's in abandoned? Yeah. Um,. What's the entry point looking like? Front door, side door, alley? Uh, building of that size. You can try the front door. There definitely will be a back door. You could even probably try some windows. And it just depends on how how early you want to try and get in. If you want to scope it now, if you want to scope it later. Entirely up to you guys. Definitely going to scope it now. Okay. Not going to come back on the day and well, okay. when we go and then there's something wrong with it. Yep. Okay. Um, going to go down and just check like a side alley door or something like that. Sure. Easy enough. Uh, break down one of the side. You actually have to end up walking around the back and taking a long side alley because there's so many buildings that have one alleyway that's for like transit and carts and food and stuff like Kind of like a lot of your restaurants, how a lot of those restaurant blocks have one alley down the back where all of the back of them meet on so where they can throw their bad water and stuff. And eventually you line it up and you find it's a it's like a brass iron door, but it is chained shut with a with a heavy like old padlock on it. Um I also have thieves tools, can I have a crack at it? Go for these? it. Um what am I uh Is that under sleight of hand, is it? Uh yeah, yeah, with and if you're proficient with thieves tools, you can add your proficiency bonus on top of it. Excellent. Um Which will probably already be in there, because I think your sleight of hands is plus four. Um, no, plus three. Plus three. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sweet. So that. Even floor. Did you get a natural 20? No, I got a 19. Oh, Jesus Christ. Fucking close enough. <laughs> close um, enough. So, so that just comes to 22. Yeah, for sure. It. It, like this, this, this chain and the padlock on this thing are old. Like they've been there for a minute. So this building's at least been abandoned for a couple of months at least, and just been left to the weather. Um, as you look at it, like like Voyage, you're kind of doing that thing where it's like, 
hurry up, and washing around. Don't and people are just walking by. And you uh, get your thieves, you get your thieves tools in, and you're pushing it, and you can feel the tension, and you're like, <laughs> and you just kind of force the thing up, and just break the barrel, and the whole padlock comes undone, and eventually, all the chain loops out, instantly hit with like the the warmth and dust and stuff. Like, she like pulls up like her her little like over the shoulder cape thing is like. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys have found an entrance in. What would you like to do? Merely go in, scope it out, get to the floor that we need to. Just make sure we've got clear passage going up. There's no one um, squatting in there or anything like that. And any escape routes. You walk in. And it takes a while for your eyes to settle specifically with the um the shifting of light. And this place has been sealed up pretty well, but for you it's but a second as your eyes readjust to the darkness. And uh, instantly you do find that um there are some like squ- like squatting beds and stuff in there, but they too have begun to be eroded and eaten by moths and insects. So they've been abandoned for a while. So luckily for you, there are no people that have found another way in. Um, at, this, at one point, it seems to be some sort of um, shipping company. There are empty crates and some iron crowbars and stuff left in there. So this seemed to be more of like a housing unit comparatively where a lot of that stuff would come in and just be placed there for a moment, on this bottom floor at least. Um, no no signs of um, the fact that it was A-heads that were squatting here. You can make a make an investigation check for this oh, okay. one. Sweet, I got it. Looking for a fine... you got to invest... you got um, advantage on that, don't you? I rolled two twos. Unlucky. Um, oh, that just brings up to an eight. No. Um, if there were signs there, they've probably be, they were probably scavenged before the building got resealed again. Yeah. All right. Um, but you guys are able to, if you're being quite thorough about it, you're able to beeline straight yeah. up. So by this point, you're probably clocking up about uh, nine or ten stories. So it's a decent little hike up the stairs to get you there, and eventually it kind of triggers both your brains at this point. You're like counting the steps because one story can generally be one level or it can be two levels depending on the height from floor to floor. It's a very different thing. So you guys hit a couple of levels and eventually you're both like, okay, this is the one. And you have to think about where you come in to like where you're facing and you figure it out. And eventually you see some of the light breaking through the pit. It's just a long concrete floor with some pillars and stuff, just dust fucking everywhere some leftover cloth and rags and some empty crates some seats again some of those abandoned like squatters dens and all that sort of shit mm-hmm. and eventually you find and one of like the boards of like the planks of boards against the windows you're able to like take a peek out and you can see where you've got a nice little beeline straight across to these big glass windows so what's the view gap situation like is it as it is now could voyage comfortably shoot an hour out of it um that gap is too small you but you only have to knock a plank off and you you would have a fine little window do we do it now or later if we're gonna do it now we hang a sheet behind it hmm before you do I would like to make a perception check for me yes. whoever is looking out the hole at this current point in time or you can both try if you both want to have a peek oh you're fucking dog oh <laughs> another 25 please 23 hey you can't help yourselves 
and you peek through the window and try and get something off the glass. It's a little bit a little bit hard to see. The glass definitely seems to be alchemically treated to be a little bit tinted to hide from the sunlight. But you just wait and you wait and wait and wait and you see. And you see a nice office, a lot of weird shelves and collector's things at one point. Like it looks like there's some giant skull of a beast on something at one point. Like weird like things that look like they cost a lot of money, right? And like like even the chair facing the window itself looks quite um ridiculous for lack of a better term. And as you, you I say you probably stand for about ten minutes just trying to see if you can scope anything and you only see one person enter and it is a Triton woman. Uh grey skin in a tight black and red dress with heels. She comes in, places some papers on the desk, and then walks out. But no sign of an orc, no sign of any other people. Mm. All right, let's move. Remove the beam that's going to work for you best. Hang that sheet up. Mm -hmm. Let's just gather up some scrappy fabric that's around. Yeah, for sure, you can do that. Easy. Um, we'll just probably grab some of the crowbars from downstairs and use. You that can, yep. yeah, excellent. So you, the only thing it becomes, it becomes a bit of tricky because the, the um you, you want to do it without making so much noise that you you can't like you don't draw attention and eventually it's I'm not going to make you roll for us. It. It's as simple as, and just now it comes out, now it comes out, and you guys are able to. It's like they've made shoddy wooden frames to push into the window so that, that the beams can be inserted in. Because obviously a lot of us made of stone with like weird wooden infrastructure in the middle. But eventually you guys are able to, you pull out two beams and it gives you a nice vertical pillbox basically where you can turn and no matter where you turn, you can see that whole expanse of that back wall because the window expands the entire back wall. Mm. You reckon your arrow's going to be able to go through that glass? I hope. We can't be doing hope voyage. We need to know. Is there any way to know? Yeah, you wanna go a uh, couple of streets over, maybe go into the neighboring suburb and you can just shoot some arrows through some fucking windows. Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll do that in, the, in a little bit. We'll do it um, on the back way from the apartment. I really need to get that gold. Mm -hmm. But are you feeling confident, at least with the location and where you're going to be angled, that you can make a good shot? Is it a high back chair at the desk? High back in the sense that it would, on a normal man, it'd probably come to about the base of the neck. But this is an orc, mm -hmm. and they're a little bit bigger. I'm confident. Tinted glass isn't going to affect your ability, you reckon? Because we're going to need to be mindful about the weather and the time. Even mm -hmm. though it's tinted, we don't want glare. Mm -hmm. I mean, we rarely ever get sun, but knowing our fucking luck... We'll just see how it folds out. Mm. Need to get you some guns. <laughs> and with that, our duo descends the stairs and uh, aptly 
I would say unless there's anything else we want to do, we'll probably aptly return to the house to await. I still go to my apartment to get the gold. You need though. to stop your apartment. Yeah. That's yeah. perfectly fine. You yeah, you know how much you've got. We've discussed yeah. that. You tell me how much you take in private or over the table. It's up to you. Um, I take the full 300. The full 300, okay. So you're basically taking the exact same amount that you saw in the box. Yeah. Okay. Um, easy enough. That basically only adds another 30 minutes as you walk back. So by the time everyone reconvenes, you guys getting home first, probably about nine o'clock. Yeah. I'd say with an hour and a half there, hour and a half back. And for you guys, probably um, with that stop, you probably get there about 9.30, 10 o'clock, give or take, because now there's more people and it affects the way you move. But come 10 o'clock in the morning, you guys all reconvene at the house. <coughs> and I think that's going to be an apt enough time to take a break. Now everyone's telling they need to do, and we'll come back and then we will enact the second phase of our plan. See you guys in a minute. going to be a bit cheeky and cut back to when everyone <laughs> <laughs> all right when everyone arrives back at Zephyrus's family home so Zephyrus and Hugo you two are the first to arrive and you can feel free to just interject whatever little bits you do if you feel like before the rest of the group arrive up to you first thing Zeph would have done was gone upstairs and grabbed the money that they had in the box mm -hmm. And put the, put it on their person, um, and then after that, depending on if it might have been like a couple of hours or so, just helping yeah, the family bit. pack and everything like that. It's um the would Hugo be helping with yes. that? Yeah, it would be a bit of a tense moment in the house. The kids don't really understand but your parents do. And I would like for you in this moment, be brutally honest with me. Would Zephyrus be a little bit um, internally popping off a little bit, like a little bit flustered? I would like you to make a constitution save for me. Um, it is going to be... Um, so let's go... We'll set the DC as 10, 10 plus your constitution modifier. So I think it's like a two or something. Plus one. Plus one. So the DC is going to be 11 if you, cause I feel like that's like the baseline that you're able to operate and keep yourself together. If you roll under that, it'll be a problem. Yeah. So. That's 17. You're able to keep it together and you're not giving it away on your face. I'm gonna make two rolls here. As everything is going on at home and you find um, Meredith and Dolma helping the kids pack, the twins are being absolute menaces as per usual. And Gigi seems to be the one putting up the most of a fuss. And I'll say, as you kind of wander in to help her pack, you find she's like huffing and puffing, she's like, like throwing stuff into a bag. Um, would you like sneak in behind her or would you make your presence known to her as you walk in? Uh, make it known. 
she kind of hears you step in as you like lean against the door frame, just watching her huff and puff. And she, you just passively, you know, she doesn't want to go. And she's like, Zeph, I don't get, why do we have to go? And it's like, too bad if people want to break into houses and steal stuff. <clears throat> Matter. You kicked the ass, daddy kicked the ass. I don't think just the two of us would be enough this time. Besides, you can think of it as a little getaway, something to, you know, relax and have some fun. Maybe meet a boy. I've already met a boy. Not that one. Hugo walks past it like a dice though. Void really likes adventurers. Just stares at them. Just shooting like an apple. Hey, you're looking at him, Gigi's looking at you. Like. I mean. I'll go deal with the twins, my bad. They're my height, I'll leave. Voyage might find an interest in someone that has stepped out of the scene. <laughs> Persuasion check. <laughs> With advantage. <laughs> you exploit the shit out of that. <laughs> oh, that's just a straight nine. Um, you find, she goes, she thinks about it and she's like, yeah, but I've never even heard of this place. I don't know where it is. It could be, you've been there. Is it fun? Is there anything to do? Is it fun? There was one thing that we did, but <laughs> I don't know if you'd find interest in it. Yeah, tell me about it. There was a lot of blood. Ooh. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> but there are some nice shops. You can get yourself something nice, maybe a new dress, you know. There might be someone there that will be able to help you out, maybe give you a little makeover if you're nice enough. Okay. She goes back to uh, sighing heavily, but still packing her bags as you continue to make your way through the house. As Hugo is doing, like helping, bringing stuff downstairs, he's going to do a couple of trips outside, just do a little lap of the house again and see if he can spot the guy that he was. Make a perception check. 18. Through this time of the day, there are definitely a lot more people rolling around. And you go back to check on the garden that you kind of rejuvenate with your druid craft just to have a pop. And at first you're like, oh, this could be a waste. They're going to be gone for a week and no one will look after it. So I've basically just done it for nothing. I'm going to come back every day. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. You're basically just mapping out. I was like, if I come back at this day, I'll be able to make sure that's good. And you're just, while you're doing that, you're just throwing cheeky glances over. And there's just a split second moment and you, you stick your beak over your shoulder and you catch that glimpse of pale hair and pale skin ducking past the alleyway. That's all I needed to know. Hastily. Is it obvious from the outside at all? Can you see into the house? Could someone tell that there's a lot going on in there today? No, at this point in the day, you definitely couldn't tell. The noise of like... 
any like clattering or banging is drowned out by the general workings of a neighborhood, thankfully. But um, visually, you know, in the middle of the day, you're not going to notice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I'm going to go back inside and sort of pull Zeph away from Gigi and just whisper, we're still being watched. Probably means my time's running out. I need to make sure that they're out first before I go see him. So I guess we better get a move on, get them out as quickly as possible, and maybe just stay away from the windows. Yeah. But when we leave the house as well, with them bags in hand, it might be a bit suspicious, especially if we're still watching. as a way to cover it up. How do you cover up a Dwarven family that's leaving their house? With great difficulty. Yeah. Well, once the others get back and we want to make the move, maybe we can cause a distraction. Maybe we leave first. I believe he's more interested in you than your family, most likely. Maybe if I start heading towards Mr. Kate's office, he'll back off a bit. And I'll go up to a window with Zeph and point out down the street where the guy's been kind of one of the posting up. Adjacent from your house, a couple of good feet. If we head this way, he's either going to notice us or split as to not be seen himself. When they're all ready to go, we'll go back. Time passes, and eventually our two scouts return. By this point, you're probably hitting about 11.30 in the morning. Decent, decent hike. You all reconvene in the living room downstairs. House is sealed up. By this point, your family's basically packed and ready. They're kind of just sitting there in the living room waiting. What kind of baggage situation is Zero noticing when she comes in? How much have they packed? They've packed one suitcase each, like one travel box, each. like like a like a box, you know. So the boys have got little. The boys have got one little bag. Gigi's got a kind of bigger bag, and Dorma and Meredith do just have one trunk between the both of them. So it's basically enough for a week and back. That's gonna be fucking hard to cover up. Are you sure that it's just necessities you've packed? Oh yeah, that's... I just had to make sure I've got enough to like... We got a little bit extra for the kids. And the kids have got their main stuff. But you know, we don't really travel. So this is kind of all we have to move our stuff. That's all. Zeph, can I uh, have a brief uh, word with you upstairs? Yep. And um, Zero will just sort of move upstairs, just in the hallway, just mm -hmm. where no one can see. And then she'll just put a pouch in your hand. Take that. Hold on to it. It is yours. It's gold. What gold? 
I know how much an escort job normally calls for, especially this last minute. That's all I used to do when I first started. And even then, it's pretty hefty for even just an average person, let alone someone trying to trickle-feed their entire family. Just don't stress about it. It is but a chip in what I have, so don't worry about it. You need it more than what I do. Zeph will um, take it, but she's quite reluctant to, but does it anyway, trusting Zero's judgment enough to know that handing them something obviously of this value, even though it is just gold, but to Zeph it's a lot more um, means to Zero that it's, it's, an, it's a necessity for Zeph. And they'll kind of just, not necessarily like, you know, sigh in the sense of like, Ugh, but more of the like, it's just, the nature of the situation. Yeah. <clears throat> and give Zero a nod and put and put their hand on top of Zero's and just thank you for your kindness throughout all of this. This is a very hard time for me to separate with them and get them to leave the city. So I truly appreciate how far you've gone for me. And they'll take the money and walk back downstairs. Zero looks actively emotionally tired after that exchange. She sort of takes a moment, sort of pulls her sunglasses up and rubs sort of the corner of her eyes and just sort of mumbles to herself, so soft and then she'll put her glasses back down and head back downstairs I definitely feel like there's a moment where a similar instance like this crosses your memory again from many years ago when someone else was upset about you having to leave multiple someone else's so it hits a little bit harder than it probably should have as you continue back down the stairs mm -hmm. While they were upstairs. <coughs> Stay once... away from Gigi. <laughs> <laughs> Feck off. Voyage isn't going anywhere near her with a 10 foot pole unless she approaches him. Anyway, I'm pretty sure she approached him. Uh. We'll see. Basically, while everyone's going about their business, Voyage clearly. Uh, Voyage. I've done what Mon just did. <laughs> Voyage over here. Hugel is obviously on spy duty. The two whisperers are doing what they do best, whispering. So Voyage is going to take a minute to do what happened last time when Dog rocked up suddenly and try and commune or connect with the longbow Ooh. to ask for a little bit of extra help through Dog. 
how do you think Voyage would do that? Would he go arcana, religion, like mechanic? Tell me mechanically. Mechanically, how he'd do it? It'd probably be. Look, I know this is incorrect, but he would appear like try to reach out through either a nature sense or an animal handling sense. I would say reaching out to this primal sense of magic. I would like you to make a nature check for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Name. <laughs> Name. <laughs> At this moment, like in, in this tense silence, there's this moment where it's like, God, man, man, you can help me out, help me out now. Like I need to do something. And you just attempt to open your mind up and I feel like it's just the weight of the stress. Mm -hmm. Your your brain is shattered into so many different avenues that you're trying to keep keep a tab on that it's just not landing right now and you're just struggling. Yeah. Maybe if times were less tense mm -hmm. and you were able to really center yourself and connect it, it might be easier in the future. But... Yeah. Not this day. Just not this day. It was a long shot, that one. Long shot for a long boat. Anyway. I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone else have any anything they wanted to add before we skip ahead? I think um, at this moment while everyone's waiting and stuff like that, since it is around lunchtime, Zeph will do everyone the courtesy of making them a sandwich. <laughs> Lovely. Um, yeah, and refuses to let their mother help in any sense it's right i feel like there's a moment where um she's like oh no no sweetie sweetie i'll do it it's okay you sit down with your friends no 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 you you're gonna be traveling for quite a while i'll make you a sandwich she sits back down zero for you it's really obvious like yeah respect yeah <laughs> but um uh, regretfully, she sits back down and allows you to make everyone some food. Um, and it settles a little bit and everyone's able to relax for but a moment. But the evening continues on and for the sake of brevity, we will skip ahead to the afternoon. It gets to about three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, as the sun has passed over and the silhouette of the buildings begins to set here on Hun and Frace, as eventually, uh, sympathetically, you will hear the... and the rolling of carriage, which, Zeph, to you is probably a little bit more fresh in your memory because you travelled by carriage to get there the first time. And sure enough, there's a... on the front door... And the whole room just goes silent for but a moment. Yeah, it's me. Seth will stand up and open up the door. He wears the same garb that he wore when he picked you up that night. His broad shoulders and jagged form covered by like a half shawl kind of thing with like the, the hood is like also a neck piece. So it kind of sits under his chin a little bit. And for his chin, it, he's got like jagged spikes that come out the end of his chin, kind of like a hellish kind of goatee. So it like sits perfectly under his chin, but covers like his broad like traps and shoulders. So it kind of makes him look way more intimidating because you don't know what's under the cloak. But then, just ever so faintly, you catch the glistening of his axe on his hip. 
You ready? Come here, B. And from around the other side of the cart, you see a human man hulking in like armor, um, kind of like plate a little bit, like semi, like a chest plate and like a bit of scrap there. Bog, bald head, big mustache, but with eyes that turn into slits as he smiles with his cheeks and his mustache covers his mouth. But he stands just under Gosser. He's a, a mountain of a man with a huge sword of his side. And he walks over and he goes, um, this is, this is my friend Bronson. He's not part of our group, but he's an old friend from back in the day. He's going to go with them, see if they get there safely. And he's going to bring the carriage back. Hello, darling old Bronson. Pleased to meet you. Zephyr just... <sighs> he's huge fucking hands. And he doesn't wear gloves either. And you can just feel his entire hand is just callous. Like this guy's put the effort in. He goes, now I'm to understand that we're taking your family on a bit of a trip, aren't we? We are, yes. Lovely. So, hello, everybody. And he just, like, ducks his head under the door. Big, like, light shining off his bald-ass head. He's like, hello, everybody. I'm Godson, and we'll be taking you on a nice little trip here. So, are we ready to leave? Because I'd very much like to get in and get out of our camp, please. Zeph turns to their family and ushers them to get going. <laughs> Lovely. And he walks over the camp. And it's a... It's a decent carrier. It's not like the one that you rode in that was more cheaper and cost effective. This one's a little bit more comfier. Nicer window panes and a nice finish on the wood. Uh, the wheels look freshly replaced. The horses are burly and strong, well-fed. Uh, the coachman himself is but a small man in a leather duster and a hat, um, obviously for like those windy days and stuff. Um, and you find as your family gets up to begin to move, they look quite intimidated by this, these two giants that sit upon the door. Your father, not so much, because he's seen Gosrick before when Gosrick picked you up that evening. Um, but Bronson, this large man, is quite polite, even though he stands so tall and intimidating. And you find as he sees that your mum is kind of leading the charge, so it's like your mum, the kids, and then your dad, for obvious reasons, he rushes, he goes, oh, allow me, my lady. And he opens the door up, and he just fucking towers over this lady and um she's like oh, thank you <laughs> and dad's just like hey don't chief <laughs> and the kids usher in and the, the kids are fucking losing it you know like they've been really in a carriage before and it's quite nice um but gosrick leans into you as you still stand at the door and he goes um if you want to say you goodbye now would be the time okay Zephyr will nod and head towards the carriage while they're loading up and um, they'll stand there and help put the bags in and everything like that. But before their mum gets in, they'll hold their mum's hand and basically just say, have a good time on your trip. Don't stress, eat good food. Have fun, make sure the kids are all having fun, especially Gigi, and you'll be back in no time. I love you, kiddo. I love you too, Mark. She comes over, she gives you a kiss on the cheek. And While all this is going yeah. on, Hugo's going to sneak his way down to where old mate has been hiding and make sure that this isn't being watched. As you go to move, um, and you're looking, um, you also know that Gosrick are instantly clues onto you shuffling about. 
and kind of looks to you and goes, and like he also slinks his way back a bit and kind of peeks his head out the back of the cart as you shuffle off, and you can't see him. Seems he's not there. Cool. Can I just jump on that train? Um, Bronson, is it? The Bronson, other... yeah. I just want to know, has, does Zero know of him? Is he any good? Yeah, you know, you've, you've heard of Bronson. Bronson's one of um, Gosswick's old friends who's, he's not in the set, he's more like a traditional sellsword. Yeah. So he's like, I'm just a muscle for hire, but I don't really want to break the law if I can avoid it because it makes my life a little bit hard. You've met him on occasion. He knows, you know of each other and you've passed across paths, but if there's one thing he's good at, it's fighting. Yep, it's yeah. fighting and he's, right. they're in good hands. Yep, groovy. Thank you. Um, as Zeph's continuing to say their goodbyes to their family and the last of them are on the cart, um, she'll grab their dad's hand and just hold it and kind of give him a slight nod but she'll they'll squeeze it a little bit just to you know kind of has this look on their face like if you come back and I'm not here pretty much like this is goodbye goodbye I would, I would like you to make, it's going to be persuasion with advantage. And this is more so just a familial thing. In that moment where your mum has kind of gone back into the carriage and it's just that tender moment between you and your dad. Your dad is a working, blue-collared, working-class guy. He's worked for everything he has. He works hard to look after his kids and his family and his wife. And you know in the memory in the 13 years or so that you've been with him, you've never been without. Since they picked you up and they paid to legally adopt you, you are legally their child. Everything is above board and they have treated you as such ever since. There is a single moment where in that instance but one just one tear wells up in your dad's eye on the side and he pulls you in and this is one of the only few moments where he's able to pull you in for a hug as he stands at the door of the carriage and you're finally smaller than him and he pulls you in and like you know big fucking bushy beards like lying on a pillow and like you're just like oh, i remember this this is great and he whispers one thing to you that he tries to say quiet enough that only you can hear it and no one else does. But says that he does. And he goes, bringing you home was the best decision we ever made, kid. I love you so much. All Zeph does is tighten their grip because they know if they say something, they will break down. It's not something that happens easily, but in this moment, something that is so hard for them to do, that's when everything would crash down. So they, they can't speak. He takes the stifled, the stifled sound of trying to summon words and realizing that you can't, he gives you but one kiss on the forehead 
and just cups your face in his huge fucking hands and just goes I don't know what you're gonna do but if you do it you give him hell okay in that moment when he's holding Zeph's face in his hands whoever's around the carriage and the family as well will see their hair change from a white to a ginger of the families stop it stop it he smiles gives one final look to everyone here in Collected and Bronson trying not to be rude he leans in and he goes um young master lord lady whatever you want to be called um it's probably a good time that we get out of here Yes. And make this nice and quick. Yes. Okay. I'll get him there. Don't you worry. Old Bronson's got it on lock. <laughs> Thank you. Let's move it. And you find, and he climbs up the cab. The whole carriage rocks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, <he pops laughs> like this is a fucking mountain. And um, he goes, "All right, son. On you go." <laughs> and he's like, "No, no, sir." And then licks it. And without wasting a single time, that carriage turns in the courtyard. And begins to move and then here and at this moment it is you four dog and gosrick herein as we all kind of re- moving together to speak he goes well i've kind of got an idea about how this is gonna go and while i'm not gonna try and talk you out of it i also logistically cannot be involved as i'm sure you would all understand because as long as I kind of have a foothold here, I need to keep everything clean. So, I give you the best of luck. If you need anything afterwards, if you're still alive to tell the tale, come and find me. Otherwise, I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'll hear about it. You will. Yeah, I know. Good luck, kid. And walks off again, pulls his hood up, and soldiers off by this point it's about 20 past 3 3 30 in the afternoon maybe probably 3 20 what do you guys want to do he's worried about you his usual line is oh, you're fucking dead and then he just goes oh we got the little bit of a <laughs> she blushed while we were there earlier oh you hear him just far enough, he goes, keep it down. <laughs> I might be a muscle head, but I hear things. I wasn't trying to be quiet. <laughs> you hear him audibly go. <laughs> With a quick hand on. Look, just ignore him for now. This is emotionally challenging enough as it is. You backed it right. You see that? You see that up there? And Zero's gonna point to Zeph's room. You're gonna need a whole big one on top of that when he's a part of your family. It's gonna need metal brackets. Probably gonna have to get some wires, hang it from the nearby building. Okay, let's go! <laughs> so, correct me if I'm wrong, the game plan is to go to see Mr. K. Into the afternoon. The city itself is busier-ish, 
but it is the evening where people are going home and some of the late night shift workers are moving. From Gorazant to Svet is probably about at this height, it's probably a decent two hours, like with all the people in the streets. So, everyone moves in. And you find yourself on that same strip with his building at the top with the large window. But for you guys, it's like you can see him, but you're right at the end of the street. Um, I would like everyone to make perception checks for me, please. Nope. Ooh. 17. 24. Oof. You do specifically. Um, you notice out front of his... I've seen it. I've seen it. There's mirrors everywhere. Uh, out front of his building, there are two personnel. You know this specifically, that he always has two guards posted up at the door. Not enough to give you enough trouble, but enough to scare away any ne'er-do-wells or astral addicts or anything of the like that think they're going to get a free uh, hunkering down in a building for the night. But just the two. And you also see there seems to be no indifference to your scouting position. So, you're going to come in with us? I think that's where I'm most useful. All right. You don't know why. Is it time? I think so. It's time. As long as you don't bump anything in the night. Thanks. Dylan, you son of a bitch. Before <laughs> 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 that's all I could think about was the. Yes. <laughs> With like a. Um, not I'm, that way. Before you go. Hugo's going to reach to his back, stay safe, and hand you a healing Aww. potion. <laughs> Cheers. You'll be out of my range, so stay alive. See you on the other side. Be safe. And I want Voyage to head like he's still going down the street, but he's looking for those back ways so we can line up with how they got into the building without going up the main street. Oh, easily. Where you guys are, you're basically on the precipice of where you would go around the block to get to that back door. So you basically say your goodbyes and, like, just in the night, yep. ducking down the alleyway. No stealth required. Um, for our other three here in Collected, what do you want to do? Well, as we start you moving up is simultaneous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say, well, we've got an hour and gone. Cold blooded inspiration. <laughs> I already got it. I don't know. It's double Tally. inspiration. Times <laughs> two. Can I have it? Sure. <laughs> Go for I've it. Already got it. Um, you motherfuckers. As they're walking, just before they sort of hit the building, the last thing Zero says um, is she just leans towards Zeph. No matter what happens, I've got your six. I want you to go in there fully trusting that I've got your back. Don't second guess it for a second. You might want to get away from him. I want him dead. I'm with this, no matter what you choose, the whole way. You take it as far as you need to take it. Zeph is gonna take that and just kind of do what Zero would see and Hugo pretty much take a breath and then just their face drops into this serious stoic look and their hair turns back to the white that um, Mr. K is used to. Okay. 
you walk towards the door. As you guys continue to move towards the street, um, Zero, you subconsciously look to the window that you see and you see that white cloth get pulled aside and a hint of green as a voyage you post up in your position, arrows drawn and notched ready. Hugo, you following quite behind. You move towards the base of the building and the two guardsmen posture up a little bit more, wearing simple a black garb, like black cloaks over some leather armor and all that sort of stuff. And they've got some swords in their hands and crossbows on their back. Um, but as they move up, they kind of posture up a little bit and they realize it's you. You brought a friend. Yes. Hmm. Okay. My funny business. You know how to get in there. Fuck off. Leaning against there. And you guys wander in. The inside of the building itself is decrepit, abandoned. It's not really kept in much better shape, except for an elevator shaft. This seemingly privately paid for and purchased Elevite elevator. You see the, the light blue and white crystal humming in the corners with the black onyx rubic pad that allows you to punch in the room you need to get up there. When we go in, I'll look around. Two things Hugo's going to look into. Is there another way in out, down, like it would be like another exit other than the elevator? Make perception check. And then when they're going uh, 13 plus 316. Just the elevator. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> I guess when they're on their way up, staying invisible, he's going to look if there's an obvious way to sabotage this elevator. With that same perception check on 16, you've just got to dislodge one of those crystals. That's the only way. And these are, they're like those old elevators from older hotels where you can see the ceiling, but, but like above you, like, and the elevator, like, you basically, it's like, keep your arms inside the right at all times. It's like those old elevators where it was just the base and a gate to stop you from falling through that door, but the rest of it's just open wall and it just moves up. Um, but you are able to move through unmolested and interred as you guys move through. Why is that a real word to say? Why does everyone I'm, laugh? I'm sorry. God damn it. <laughs> you guys move through and get into the elevator and you're able to incite the, the runic symbol. And in the most gauche way possible, the runic symbol is the traditional orcish symbol for Mr. K, which is just that symbol. And... And the blue goes into the onyx and a hump goes and almost silently it moves up as the floors go up. Every floor that you see pass is more derelict than the last, but the crushing weight of what awaits you on the other side of this gate begins to settle in very real. And whether Zephyrus is afraid, nervous, feeling brave, I leave that up to you to interject with or to consume or digest at your own behest. All of the above. <laughs> Every box is ticked. Including suicidal. Zero's <laughs> just like standing behind them like... Is Zeph showing fear? 
if you want to try and cover it, you can make a deception check or deception or persuasion. Up to you. Don't tell us what it is, and you can make an insight check if you like. And then you tell us, depending if you beat it, what what he sees. That is a sixteen. Eighteen. What's he see? That is what you see. The nervous hand cracking of the knuckles right by their side. You feel an invisible hand take your hand. Don't do it! <laughs> <laughs> like a little tight squeeze just like this. We got you. <laughs> Zeph will squeeze on and just hold on for a little bit until they let go. Until they've calmed down enough. As the elevator stops. Doors open. The site before you stands very different to the rest of the building. This is a sealed interior. It does not share the same derelict architecture as the infrastructure that it is built within. Nice, beautiful stone floors with wood panelled walls. Sconces align holding flame that allow you to enter. And two large wooden doors with one guard who waits for you. Is there anything you would like to say to each other or do outside of the purview of this guard? He sees you, but he obviously isn't caring about anything you may whisper to each other. It is up to you. Do you want to come into the office or do you want to hang out in the hallway? I'm going to stay by your side. All right. Hugo's going to be invisible, but also using his ability to hide behind someone and be in the same square, so it'd be like just almost and in with... I will allow it, like... because that is hella clever. I'm not going to make you roll for it. As you all approach, the singular guard opens the door and allows you all to enter. It is a semi-long hallway, stone walls with beautiful wooden floors. Again, different to the outside, very gauche. Wants to change the aesthetic. It is an office filled with knickknacks and weird... Oh, God damn, the difference. It's an office filled with knickknacks. On one point, um, you see a large semi-reptilian skull with a horn jutting from it. Uh, anyone who can can make a history check for me if they'd like to. Attempt to disclose what it is. But it is definitely nope. unique nope. and different. <laughs> you see... Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I had to be involved. <laughs> a large desk uh, against the farthest back end with the large glass windows where you can see the, the glow of some passive lights and the apartment building across from where you know one of your compatriots lies in wait. The guard follows behind you walking. Again, there's a, there's a grandfather clock, some small bookcases. There's a lot of... It's very businessman when you look at it like the amount like it's dressed up to be like a a connoisseur an entrepreneur's office but we all know that that's not what's happening here as you see the guardsmen walk in and both Zephyrus and Hugel are taken by surprise as you cross through the hallway into the opening of the office the pale man stands there watching the young pale gentleman with the slightly grey hair and the pale uh, white skin uh, looks and acknowledges you acknowledges you in the sense that it's like hey I know you're there but not in the sense that it's like he considers you a friend um, 
and his other guard compatriot goes to stand next to him and they're both standing against the wall where it becomes the hallway. So they're right there in case of a, a hasty exit is tried. And that's a simple enough ploy that you all don't have to roll for that. It's pretty obvious. Voyage, you're able to see your friends eventually come into view from the hallway. It's actually quite dark. Well, when they make it into the glow of the office, it's very obvious to see them, except your little friend who is not there, but you know that he is. And you see the chair turn and Mr. K is there, a hulking orc gentleman. Normally in times he's seen with a large coat and a nice dress shirt in these instances with a little quaff of hair combed back uh, cleanly with a couple of rough scars along his face and one of his tusks slightly cracked. But in time it is healed and the discoloration is there and you can see where it's, it's different and the calcium is it's recalcified and sealed. His, but now his jacket is not there and he wears a simple white shirt with like the suspenders and the trousers and heavy set leather boots. His biceps and his chest press out from the clothing. You know that he's built it to be tight, to intimidate, not to uh, be properly form-fitting. But you also see that he has, uh, under the long sleeves going over his hands, he has some uh, quite sturdy steel gauntlets that lock over his fingers as well. Uh, symbolizing his days as a brawler. Um, but as he turns, you also see that uh, the a Triton woman in a black and red dress, grayish skin, probably um, early 30s, very, like, very beautiful. Um, and what little bit of, like, the the uh, darkened blue strands of hair that come out past, like, the the uh, slim, the semi-scaly complexion of her skin, Triton being uh, fish folk and stuff. But she is beautiful. And for you specifically, you know that Mr. K generally tends to swap out as receptionist every couple of months after he gets bored of the last one. So this new piece, you have no idea what her name is, who she is, where she's come from, but here she is nonetheless. And for Voyage, you're posted up and no real perception check necessary. You're looking at it through the windows and you can see this interaction. But as he turns and sees you all enter, he goes, ah, please sit down. Uh, you, for you, you're taken aback. This isn't how he sounds normally. And as you all take a seat, I'd like to apologize. I had an injury to the throat. And he pulls the collar down. There's a gnarly stab mark through the base of his uh, throat. Healing potion only do so much to fix this. Good to see you again, Zephyrus. Thank you. And I see you brought a friend. I know who you are, Zero. Good to see you, Mr. K. <laughs> it is good to be seen, is it not? For some. <coughs> and he coughs a little bit. Please, sit down. Let us talk. Zeph will take a seat and do the whole, I guess, how men cross their legs, where it's like the ankles resting on the knees sort of thing and has their arm cro arms crossed. Mm. Comfortable, but ready. Mm. Well, a 
things considered, I would hope that you are paid handsomely for your rental by our uh, mutual friend. I was. Granted, he did say you might be gone for a while, but... <clears throat> I didn't realize it'd be long enough that I'd have to send to your house to get you back. I had a couple of loose ends I needed to tie up for that job before I came. You know how it is, you need to do it properly before you get paid. That I do, that I do. I have a lot of jobs that I like to keep my thumbs in. The key statement there being, I have a lot of jobs, and I cannot have one of my best pupils out on the street gallivanting around for other people. Remember, I saved you. I own you. And I don't much appreciate when other people are going around stealing my business. What business call. you worried about? She's here. Sorry. They're here. They're here now. After persuasion was made. I was a handful. You know me. I do know you. I also know the mess that you left behind in the slums with our mutual friend. Not yours to clean up? No. But mine to work around when I have people trying to move product in the streets. People that need other people killed. Next time you gallivant around, you come straight back to me. Is that understood? Yes, sir. I own you. And I think it best if you hop back on your horse and fuck off when this conversation is over. Don't worry. I'll be well on my way once this conversation is over. I do have a question to ask while you're here, though. Just in case you know something. Do you know any musings of some sort of magic user gallivanting around from neighborhood to neighborhood, causing trouble for my dealers and my buyers? Is there any description? Off the bat, neither of you know what this is. Zero's gonna do one of those like looks to Zeph as if like to sh also show on her expression like I'm not the fuck he's talking about. This is new information for both of you. Yeah, and Zeph's just gonna, you know. Well, it's causing trouble for me. I might have to send you off to do that. But I do have to ask. Seems to be a bit of a party at your house these last day or so. There's something going on that maybe I should be beholden to this information. 
After all, it's my job to keep you on the straight and narrow. It's always a party at my house, whenever food's involved. But with extra people that have never been seen here before. They're not allowed friends now. You got a problem with uh, them having a social life outside their job? You and I both know social lives are hard to keep up, eh? Maybe if you're socially inept. I'd be very careful what you say to me in my house. This is my house. The Ferris is my property. All that happened was there was friends over. It was the first time they came over and we had dinner. Stands up, slams his hands on the desk. <laughs> Don't lie to me! If something's going on, I expect you to tell me. I own you. You're mine. You do nothing without me telling you. You can do something. And I don't give two fucks if this one here tells you otherwise. Or that scaly fucking bastard. Voyage for you, you can see this. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's just... Like, just soundless. Yeah. But it's... Like, ooh, buddy. Just for Zeph's consideration, in your peripheral... <laughs> You can feel Zero's intense stare on you, and you know that her elbows are up, her hands are on her guns. As soon as you give any signal that it's time to fucking go, Zero's ready to fucking go. On that same note, Arrow's knocked ready to. I'll allow you, if you wish, you can prep an action to attack, so the second something pops off, you may take a shot off. Cool. In that moment, Zeph's gonna uncross their arms and kind of sit up a little bit better. By this point, he's standing up too, so he's just like a mountain. Like, just with this big, meaty, calloused hand and this huge gauntlet over pointing at you. You think I didn't have people at your house the day you left? Please. I was watching you the second you walked out the door. I don't expect anything less from you. Good. So you are fucking learning then. I have been learning this whole time. <sighs> and I also learned that you made him be the one that stands at my door. Points to the pale... Whole room stands, yeah, stands over the pale guy. And you find he just sits there with like a toothpick. And he, he wears like animal, like hides and leathers, a bit more lightweight. And you're just like, <laughs> it's real fucking easy too when you've got those two cute kids running around making all that noise, huh? Mm. They're better, very cute, aren't they? You better be careful. You're not very careful. You're quite seen by everyone. Doesn't that make you a really shit job? Sorry, a really shit person for the job? Aren't you supposed to be hidden? You do something that I can do, but you make it look like shit. Pulse is up a little bit. 
Say the word, boss. And I'll die, sir. I don't think that's gonna happen. Because really, I'm more valuable than you are. Hmm. You sound like bigger than children. Shut up. You. And he looks to the, the pale guy. We'll have a conversation when this is done. I would value if you left my employees alone after this. Please. I've already had one of the other members come here to try to tear up my fucking business and I would like not for another. Respectfully. I'm sorry. I forgot the last time I said I fucking worked for you. So I suggest you don't tell me what to fucking do. Respectfully. That is... Unfortunate. <laughs> Kicks the desk towards you. I need everyone to roll initiative, please. This bitch gotta go. Woo! Get out my... Even better. Shit. 21? 21! Where is it? Okay. You never let me down for initiative. We love to see it. Um. Uh, 25 to 20. 20. 21. 21. Uh, who's got the higher decks between Seth you goes two? first. Okay. So. I don't like Uh, 19 to 15? Yeah, uh, 17. Tight. Well done. Now, before we pull out the map, we have a few things we need to get around. I need you two to make dexterity saves for me, and they are going to be... Hey, let me, I'll just let you know. Hold tight. Um, you'd be a DC 13. Oh, easy. Thirteen. Meets it or beats it. So as the desk flies towards you, you guys are able to duck and roll out of the way. As Voyage, you soundlessly hear, watch this thing, and the, all the papers go up. The young Triton girl hits the deck in the corner. She's hiding. Um, you can get your shot off if you like. Cool. Well, basically, you can take your whole attack as a surprise round. Now, that first shot will be at disadvantage. Will it? Actually, no, no, it won't. Take the first shot and tell me what your what it is to hit and what your damage is. First things first, Hunter's Mark. You can do that, absolutely. You can see him. Yep. And it has a range, or is it just how you can see? Feet. Oh, yeah, you're all good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I know everyone's just itching for the map. So <laughs> like Hunter's Mark. We're itching for a fight. <laughs> Inspiration is advantage. Oh, no. Inspiration allows you one d20 reroll, yeah. So if you want to use this advantage, I'll allow it. One d20 reroll. Yeah. Cool. I'll, I'll work with that. I'll work with that. And then it's both attack rounds. You can get both your attacks off, yeah, because it's a surprise round. Yep. Because they can't see you. There it is. I love how this DM screen's called the, the deeds here. <laughs> Hang on, math. Math. 15. Uh, on both? On the first. The first one. That arrow flies through. 
perfect hole right through the glass. The entire glass window spiders out and cracks. It's force damage. Force damage. Oh, because you can change it, can't you? So that arrow flies back through and you hit him in the back. As he gets hit. 18 on the second. Uh, yep, that's also going to do it. So the first the first shot, um, the first shot, yeah, clear both. Yeah, that, that's all above board. Go for Getting it. Getting you out of here, baby. <laughs> yeah. What was the first damage, sorry? So... I didn't do the first damage. Oh, no, I'm you rolled the hit. Yeah, yeah, you're all good. Go for it. Now, I do have one more question. <laughs> yep, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> just, just cheesing it up a little bit. I did land both of these hits. Dog is with me. Fuck. Uh, yes, he is. Yep. Do does his extra little like if I hit someone nearby, apply in this. Situation. I believe the wording says if a creature within X amount of feet of him makes an attack, they get the extra. So yes, I imagine I'll he's just the... licking the ends of your. Yeah, bottle. he hops yeah. fat loogies for you to use. Uh, Okay. For every shot, just hold it out. It's just yes. his tongue's out ready and just swipes it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, that is 13. Wait. No. Hang on. Six. 16 on the first. Yep. Twenty-three on the second. All right. So you guys, as you guys roll out of the way, the desk flying towards you, uh, instantly the glass, two perfect holes. The, the first one spiders the glass. The second one goes back through just to the left of it and shatters the window entirely out. There's now just as winds blowing past the top of the window. And you watch Mr. K get shot twice in the back by these arrows and bend over the now tipped desk and go, and turns around and sees the gap. And he's like, oh, cheating bitch. And pulls the arrows out of his back. And that's where it's going to start. I'm going to pull this map out real quick. I'm going to pull this map out. Aye, aye, aye. Real quick. I need to see if I can like even get out of this. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my god, this, well this is one of two that what? I had to build over the last two weeks. So I'm just going to put that down here. And hopefully it doesn't break. Yep. How exciting. Oh, get those out of the way. I forgot our little right. battle map lights. But we should right, be so that speaker Thank you very much. Alrighty. So, do you want me to? No, that's okay. That's yeah, all right. That's fine. So, quickly stand these back up. There you go. So, this is a nice little layout of Mr. K's office. This looks so cute. If that's what you want to call it. <laughs> sure. Two seats here. Desk is there. There's the two fellas. And I'll put that over there. And now we got to get our guys. Alrighty. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, I'll stand up for this. There we go. Alrighty. It's been a minute since we've had to deal with this. Alrighty. 
So the so window's behind him back the here. The window is basically this entire bit here. I don't have a, a window to plug in. So there we go. There's going to be Zeph there. Um, there's going to be Zero. Actually, we'll put you guys there where your chairs are. They're kind of tipped. Um, do you, do you want to just pop your pop your guy up there? Uh, Voyage, you're technically off the map, so we're going to pop you here just for the sake of that. You better be putting dog beside me. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't care if I'm not in the shot. He's it's with me. He's in the walls. He's in the, the goddamn walls. Which one's the pale dude? Uh, pale guy. Yeah. Heel is going to be invisible. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, God. Gremlin. Oh, right. Let me just get to my... And then let me just pull this over here. Oh, no. Don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, top of the initiative. Zafaris, that's you. Yay. Okay. First things first. Ill rigor. How is this gonna work with this? So you're the uh so for those who oh I'm, I'm out of the camera, here we go. Uh so for those who don't know, um uh <gasps> Oop, knocking everything over. That was the power all board. Right. It's all good. Everything's all good. Water went. Power went. You keep talking. Okay. So, for those who don't know, um, I'm not particularly a fan of the fact that uh, rogues keep going up in levels and they still have to use shitty D4s for their attacks. So I've uh, allowed um, Zephyrus to take the Dagger Adept feature from the Shadow Master Illrigger, which means your damage die for your daggers now are D6s instead of D4s. So all your modifiers remain the same, but it's a D6 for damage instead of a D4. All right, I can do that. Hell yeah. Okay. Kill him dead, sweetie. First thing that I'm going to get Zeph to do Mister, is... Mr. Kane right there. Would I be able to... There's not really anything major that I can hide behind, is there? No. No, so I won't be able to hide at all. Unfortunately not. However... There are more than one way to get sneak attack on people. Yeah. It's to get behind them. No, but getting sneak attack is either you attack with advantage and you get sneak attack, or you have a, uh, a friendly within five feet of them. Would Zero be within five feet? No. You're no. currently about currently about 20 feet. Where was Hugel? Hugel. You don't know. Oh, well, you're not. You're, Game-wise, he's there, but you don't know at this point. He's still invisible. Okay. Zero, uh, Zeph is going to throw a dagger at Boss Man. Mr. K, go for it. Yeah. Okay. That's 16 to hit. Uh, that is going to hit. Yeah. Okay, and then 1d6. That is a four. Okay, let me try this. Check the tractor. Oh no, where's my... I forgot my little pink calculator. So. Okay. Alrighty. So, 
dagger flies through and you try to hit him as center mass as you can and it hits through and you watch the um the darkening of his shirt begin to go as the blood seems to be he's like huh yeah I'm still shit and pulls the dagger out and drops it to the floor as you hear the as his knuckles crack and he gets ready to fight he's still it, it was decent those two arrows to the back really fucked him up but um he's still ready to go is there anything else you'd like to do um Because there's no one on my ass, I don't really need to um, disengage at the moment. Um, so I probably will stay where I am. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Zero, that's you with Voyage on deck. Beautiful. I'm going to... One second, sorry. I'm just... Oh, here we go. All right, uh, I'm going to action surge. I'm going to have Zero sort of turn to the side. So she's yep. got... Oh, you're like splitting the difference? No. No? Um, at, the, at the moment, she's going to let a majority of the damage Mr. going Mr. K's way come from Zeph themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's doing it so she can't be basically blindsided if Mr. K decides to go for her. Right, okay. But she's just going to sort of swing both of the guns around and pop off three times at old mate standing there. Um, uh, so not a Mr. K at this guy? Yeah, at that Okay, guy. cool, go for it. All right. Whew. That's uh, one of the three. 25 to hit on the first yeah, one. Yeah, that'll do it. Um, that's 18 to hit on the next one. That'll do it. And that's 16 to hit on the third. That's going to do it. All right. And These are just some guys, man. <laughs> you know, they're not fucking super soldiers. Yeah, well, they're gonna be fucking dead in a second. Um, dead soldiers. What do you got? Um, so that's. Oh. That's 15 damage on the first shot. Oh, on the first shot? Yeah. Yeah, you, you aim for like the hip and just through the side and just blow a meaty chunk out of his hip. And he's just like, and he hits the deck uh, and he's staggering. He's still up. Okay. Second one is 11 damage on the second shot. Okay. Uh, Still up. You shoot him in the kneecap this time at the same side and he falls more again, but he is still up. That is 13 damage on the third shot. How do you want to do it? It's just... uh, at, at first, she, like, does the smart thing, and then eventually she just turns and she's just walking forward and just bang, 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 just, like, fucking mowing him down. It's, and it, yeah, it's just, like, so first one hits him in the hip and he staggers, second one hits the knee and he hits the deck. He's like, no, please, and you blow through his hand and you just watch his, like, <laughs> his hand going off. He's like, ah, and you just... And you just like three bullets each and you just cut him. It's like Alex Murphy from Robocop where he just gets murdered by those shots <laughs> in the beginning. You're just like, ah! And you just sort him up. So he's well, out. Well, you hear from Zero's going, my aim's not shit. <laughs> <laughs> but he's out. You know, they're just a, just a couple of guys. Just a couple of dudes. Just <laughs> question before we get going. Yeah. Where's the... Um, the chick. The chick. Uh, she's hiding here. I don't have a mini for her. I forgot no, to get but... one out, but she's like tucked away under the desk, like hiding well out of harm's way. She wants outies. <laughs> but, yes. Uh, Zero, is that your turn? Uh, yeah, um, once she's done, I, I don't know if it constitutes for movement, but um, she... 
doesn't actually know where Hugel is. So she, as she walks forward, she sort of come over here, and that's where I'll leave her. Mm-hmm. But yep, yeah, easy done. Voyage, that is you, uh, with Hugel on deck. Immediate drop of Hunter's Mark, bonus action, Hail of Thorns. Yep. Uh, at second level. Okay. And just gonna fire off a couple more rounds. Go for it. I want as much chip damage on this guy so Zeref can make greatness. First one by itself. 14. Uh, doesn't hit, unfortunately. That's fair enough. 18. That one hits. So that one would be with the Hail of Thorns, mm -hmm. plus dog, plus mm -hmm. force damage. Mm -hmm. So let me do some quick math. It's not those now, it is these now. And then it is still one of them. Love that noise. Fuck, I hate math. You playing the wrong game, fool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the fun bit. So it's 28. Um. Damn, you're math and hard. Yeah. <laughs> There are so many damage dies. <laughs> Look at them all. So as you launch, uh, you launch that, the first arrow goes wide and juts into the leg of the desk. <laughs> and he turns around, huh? <laughs> and you funny, he gets hit in the chest like, <laughs> your friend there hits almost as hard as the red one and pulls the arrow out. Um, that was a hefty hit and it didn't look like it did as much as it should have. But that is going to be your turn, I'm assuming. Not really a lot you can do it from there, I guess. That's all. I can't magic my way over there. Uh, Hugel, that's you. Now, I'm going to pitch, because I've got an idea of something I want to do. I don't know if it would be considered an attack, which would break my... Tell me what you want to do, and we'll figure it out. So Hugel has a jar of spirits he bought from a bar a few weeks ago, and he's next to a candle. You said this guy was wearing furs and animal skins. Furs and leathers, yeah. I'm going to douse his furs in the spirits and push the candle onto him. <whistles> Basically, can I set him on fire with fuel without it removing my invisibility? Invisibility, ability, a spell. Invisibility says attack or cast a spell. I'll allow it. Rules is written. Yeah, I'll that is what. However, I'm what I'm going to need you to do is I'm going to need you to make. I'm going to say, make a dexterity check. And he'll make a dexterity save because he is in battle sense, so he's gonna have enough of an awareness where he can probably get around it. So, just straight dex. Yep. We are sixteen with a natural seventeen. Unfortunately, he avoids Damn. it. So you douse him, and he's like, "What the fuck?" Well, and he jumps out of the way, and the, and the uh, little candle thing uh, flicks over. 
but in this moment, he is now aware that something shifty is afoot as his body drips with alcohol. Um, is there anything else you'd like to do? That will, I'll consider that your action. That was my action. Um, I don't think I can do anything with bonus action. Not if you want to keep your invisibility, yeah. Oh, the distance ruler. I don't know where I've popped it. Um, Hugh's going to use this opportunity to move back and hide behind Zero. Here's the thing. That technically counts as an attack of opportunity because you leave his threatened area. But he's also not... That guy's totally dead. Why is he still doing that? Um, I, but that he doesn't know you're there. But I feel like he'd be, he'd be aware that something's afoot because he just got doused. So I'm going to do it with this. He's going to roll with disadvantage to attempt to take one swing at you on the way out. Mm -hmm. And I'll roll in front of the table to keep it fairsies. Loss of the two's 13. Plus... Um, plus five to hit. Yeah, 13 plus five. Oh, yeah, that hits me. Alrighty, that's going to be... Uh... Yeah, 16 is my class. Uh, 11 points of slashing damage as he draws the sword from his hip and just gashes you along the back. Do you getting attached, does that break invisibility? Yes. It does. So the first thing that becomes invisible is the blood spurting out of your wound in your back as you kind of morph into reality. <laughs> I got you, you little shit. But is that your turn? Yeah, I can't do anything with a bonus action. Alrighty. Next is going to be Mr. K. And I think he's going to do exactly what I think he's going to do. Uh, For me to attempt to hide behind zero afterwards, because I can hide behind someone, do I need to yeah. roll something? Uh, as Does it say with your ability uh, with the Lotus and Halfling that you just can hide or you have to make a check? What's it say? I imagine it's like any hide. It's just you can use a person as... Okay, yeah. then roll a stealth check. Roll a stealth check. 14. Okay. Uh, I believe you believe you're hidden, basically, at this point. Um, but the cover bonus still appears, I believe, at half cover. No, it's full cover for you, isn't it? If you're hiding behind somebody, is that right? Yes, I think so. Oh, so you're unhittable from anyone that tries to get you from the front. Cool. Uh, Mr. K is going to do what he does best, and he's got a speed of 40, so that's going to be 10 to get over. 15. And he's going to run at you. This like a like a freight train just jumps over the desk and runs at you and he's just gonna throw some punches so you watch as he clenches his hands up and the two gauntlets lock up and he comes in and it's like street boxing where he throws big heavy hands and there's no like guard you watch it just big hands come up and he's going to roll uh okay what is it uh, 17 plus 5 is going to hit. Uh, 17 plus 5 again is going to hit. And that one on the last one. So lucky you. Hold <laughs> <laughs> <All> on. <laughs> uh, 11 damage on the first hit. And then 9 bludgeoning damage on the second hit. And I would... I would like you uh, uh, plus another two, plus another two for damage uh, on both, so four, technically another four damage. Um, and I'd also like you to make a 
Strength saving throw, please. As you run, so it's one of those things where the only reason he missed the last shot is because you keeled over from the first two. So he runs up, you and Zero, you see everyone who sees, sees as he grabs the Ferris by the hair, uppercuts them in the stomach, and then both hands on the back. And as you bend over, he goes for a third one, misses, and while you're killed over, he picks you up and a perfect German suplex. It crashes you into the ground, you are now prone. That is a boy on the strike. You, oh, I, I gauged by the face, so I know you are now prone. Yeah. So you're just like, <coughs> as the air wicks out of you, and just two big hands. And he goes, mm, we're going for a ride. And he just suplexes you, and your forehead touches behind your kneecaps as you are slammed into the wooden floor. You hear the cracking of the floorboards. Voyage, you from a distance, you watch Zeph get picked up and just get fucking shunted into the ground. And there is a dent in the wood. The wood is cracked. Like, you guys there can see where the floor is just demolished as he's just slammed Zeph into the ground. Like, <laughs> Too bad. Uh, that is going to be Mr. K's turn. And next is the pale guy. He's going to take the win of opportunity. He's going to come and swing at you because that just makes more sense because he sees his boss winning and he wants to be a good little boy. Let me just get his. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Um, 16 to hit? Yeah. Yep. Because he's your advantage. And then... 19 is definitely going to do the work. She um, is out. No, no, that's not the damage. That's oh, that. That would, that's he gets two attacks. He's rolling to hit right now. I was going to say. <laughs> I was about to go, fuck it <laughs> uh, Nine damage on the first hit. And then another... Uh, yeah, another nine damage on the second hit. Yeah, she's out. So you are... You watch the Ferris get rocketed by two meaty hooks, suplexed into the earth, and the pale guy runs up and does what he does best, and just with two swords, uh, stabs you. Did the first attack take you out? Second. The second one, okay, so you don't fail any death saves, lucky enough for you. Um, yeah, that's it, that's all he can do right now. Uh, next is gonna go back to the top of the initiative. Your route, Zero, that's you. Um. Zero sees Zeph. I finally downed one of you guys. <laughs> Yay me! <laughs> get KO'd. And she just rips the glasses off with like her pinky finger still holding onto her revolver and you hear him go crack on the floor and she pulls them both out and she's like, that's my fucking kid now, you stupid fucking cunt! <laughs> and then she's gonna, I'm gonna... That you heard. Yeah. <laughs> you heard that. <laughs> the windows. You open. heard the thundering of the floor and then that. <laughs> And then I'm going to... A small shiver up your spine. Ooh. That's scary. <laughs> um, I'm going to also um, spend a uh, grip point. Finally! Yeah, Finally! I'm a dead eye shot with an advantage. Um, so that's still 15 to hit. Uh, let me just double check. Um, just hits. Just <laughs> On hits. On Mr. K? Yes. Yeah, just hits. And then I'm going to expend my second grip point um, to do a dazing shot on my second one. Okay. That is, let me math real quick. That's another 15 to hit. 
just hits. Beautiful. So both no, shots hit. No, I lie, sorry, that's a 16 to hit. Still hits. I can't math. Um, beautiful. Hard, okay. Math is hard, man. So the first one, that's going to be a total of 13 damage. Uh, oh, calculator. I know where my little pink one's gone and I'm very upset. It's right there. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. I look at this, I look at this and I don't look at everything else. So like, wow, that got me. Thanks. That's on camera too. Make that a short. <laughs> I'm upset. It's right there. I'm upset. Dad, stop uh, having a man's that? look. What was that damage? Sorry? 13 for the first one. Yes. Um, And I'll get him to... Um, um, And I'll need him to make a con saving throw, please. Um, DC's 14. Ooh. Uh, he fails. Oh, he's got disadvantage on his next attack. Um, oh. And the second um, damage is 16. Okay. Ah. Alrighty. He's still up, what but he's... Is... The the power of the guns is what's getting him, and he's just like... Poof, and you find you shoot him back through. You're going center mass, because it just makes sense, but you get the sense that he's just so thick that it's hard to get through all the muscle. And you find he's just eating these bullets. He's like... <coughs> you pack a punch like the red one too. <laughs> You're next. Oh, that comment fucking pisses her off. Cracks his knuckles again. Shakes it off. Um, I'm assuming that's you? Yes. Uh, Voyage, that's going to be you. I'm going to let you know that because he has cleared this desk... He gets plus two to his AC at half cover because now there's something blocking your path. Yep. Um, I believe that's how that works. Uh, yeah, half cover two. Yep. Yep. Okay. Cool. 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 No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Watching what's been occurring, mm-hmm. does it look like the bullets from zero are doing more damage than my arrows were? Um, on impact. Prob- probably about equal. <laughs> probably yep. about equal. Like you know, like it's. It's the fact that mate, like you guys are they're pushing out so much force that it's a it's yeah. like mm, yeah. They've got acid and shit on him too. Mm. Like he's you got you know specifically especially he's a brawler. Yeah. So pre- weapons, um, slashing weapons probably not so bad, but projectiles get him a little bit. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. But that's lack of skill. <laughs> Cause Zeph's down. What about old mate behind Zeph? Uh he's up. He is he counted as behind cover? Uh, from that angle? Uh, technically, kind of, yeah, with like all the bookcases and stuff in the way, yeah. All right, so both of them are. I can do this, I can do this. I'm going for fuckface, Mr. K. Mr. K. You can and his this. convenience store. Going to take out this fucking shit. No, that's That's cocked. cocked. That's cocked. <laughs> come on, cunt. No. Fuck you, cunt. Black magic. <laughs> <laughs> Does that hit? She, they're down, they don't need their inspiration. Broken metal dice. It hurts more. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm blind. <laughs> <laughs> what's the, what's the, the kernel from Waterboy? Yeah. <laughs> he goes down. My second arrow. My second arrow. I wanna. I've got these two ideas and I'm pinging between the two. Fuck. 
Second arrow. Yeah, no. I'm aiming at the other guy with the second arrow. Oh, pale guy. Yep. yep. The mad dog. But the arrow's <laughs> on fire. The what? The arrow's on fire. It's, so you guys from the distance, you see the glint of the steel, and then the, the little flame light up, and... Oh. Quick question. I might not have got him with the... Yeah, he got doused, right? But just not... Oh! <laughs> did oh you're a fucking genius! Okay. Uh, so and you, I was watching. Yeah, you rolled, you rolled a 19. Okay. Um, yeah, that hit, 19's gonna do, 19 on the dice, that's going to do it off the bat. So whatever die, die you roll for your fire damage, I would like you to double it, please. Cool. cool. Okay, so... It did something, thank God. <laughs> I took that hit. Vindication! Vindication! The... <laughs> Just to make sure, because I remember we had this discussion a few sessions ago about the Hail of Thorns. Mm -hmm. It's only until it hits and then it needs to be cast again as bonus action. I believe so, Can yeah. I have had done that prior? I'd probably rather you've called it beforehand. Yep. Just to be fair. Which is fair enough. Because I know you're already going to do an insurmountable amount of damage to this more. fucking guy. <laughs> I just want some more, Dad. Just a little more. Please. Yeah. I, I want I want his mother to weep. No. Okay, so get rid of those two. Your mother will weep as she pushes you around in the wheelchair for the rest of your life. Plus one of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You enjoyed that too much. Okay, let's let put it in perspective. Like the last time I downed a player was a year ago. A we year ago. We need our turn. Shit. I do not. And you know that, that was when that was when Battleaxe Bill got carved in that tunnel. Yeah, I fucked that up for you too. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Fucking paladins, flake yes. Eighteen. Eighteen damage in total. Yep. Alright, not bad at all. It was a fucking one on my D8, and I'm mad. And you, you doubled the fire damage, right? Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Um. So it's one of those things where the um you with like big arrows you hear the whistle like from a distance because they're so large and just fire as he starts screaming as he fucking goes up in flames but immediately in that thing it's like he's still kind of okay like his armor is so dense that he can kind of get around it for but a few moments longer but it definitely fucking hurt it definitely fucking hurt and he's not happy about it. So, uh, that's going to be you, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Hugo, that's you. All right, first things first, sacred flame at the pale dude. He's holding it on fire, dude! But that fire damage isn't going to be doubled, though, because he's already ignited the liquid. Yeah, so, yeah well, I don't think sacred all. flame would anyway, because it's magic, but... Oh, it's radiant, um, yeah. Yeah, it's a dex 14 saving throw. Where's, where's my guy? Not on that one. Nope, so 2d8. Six damage. Yep. And then a healing word at Zeph. For... Oh shit, four, that was yeah, good. Four, five, six, seven, ten hit points and you're back up. So you are conscious, but you are still prone. Now, how do I get rid of the death saves? So um, when you go up to the section in the top oh. corner, it should be heal damage. You just yeah. go heal, and it should automatically remove it. How many was it again? Ten hit points back. <laughs> so it's like, hola, I'm dead. I'm out here. Fuck you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm I watch TV. I watch TV. I'm looking at you. Fuck you. Watch the dice. Out again. Alrighty. Uh, but Hugo, that's you? Yeah. That's unfortunate because it's back to Mr. K's turn. Yeah. Uh, no, he is going to. He has. Oh, A disadvantage is what he has. <laughs> uh, bonus action pulls out a oh, little ball of bread. Oh, ha ha! We really need our tank. <laughs> Gets himself a little bit of health back. Look, I can. Gunsling is a subclass of fighter. Like, AC is not fantastic, yeah. but I can take a couple of good hits. Make health potions for your games. They're great. Um, but that was his little. But she built like a bike bean. That's his little. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Dead ass built like a bike bean. Oh boy! Oh boy! Uh. What's he see? What's he gonna do? <laughs> I think he's just gonna do what's good and uh, oh. just keep slamming down on Zafaris because you're right there and he fucking wants you dead because you fucking annoyed him. Alrighty, actually we're gonna we'll change we'll change dice. Even after his threat against Zero, I think I think for him you get the sense it's like. Roll perception. If, would he have noticed that Zephyr's come back again? Considering he was you're facing right in front Zero. Of him? Yeah, but he looked at her, but he's also zero's that's right there. It was a suplex. <laughs> Stand back. He's a fighter. He's good at it. You know how to roll out of a suplex, dude? No. If you didn't grow up in the hood, you wouldn't know shit. Um, Look, I'm trying to justify shit. I'll, I'll allow I'll allow an inside check though on uh, zero. You can roll an inside check for me real quick. Uh, oh, that's shit. That's a twelve. Well, I guess we'll. Uh, on a twelve, you, yeah. You get the sense that it's like if he can't have if he can't have them, no one can. It's his property. He's gonna make three attacks. First one's a miss. Which, by your logic, then, about the threat that Zero made, that does justify yeah. Mr. K. Yeah. Um. 18's gonna hit on the second one. Um, and a. Natural 20 on the third oh. one. It's not natural 20. Sentinel's oh. reaction. Sentinel Death's door. Also, did you roll a disadvantage? Because doesn't he miss on his next turn? Uh, prone. He would, he would, does, is it on his, read it out to me, please, because I need to know if it's on their it's, next attack, because it only means the first one wouldn't yeah, hit anyway. Yeah, on, it's on the, it's on the um, next attack, I do believe. I, it's not in regards to the to the crit. That's well, the crit's not valid anymore anyway, thanks to a little short king over um... here. Come on, come on! Oh, it's both of them, or suffer disadvantage on attacks until the end of the next turn. Okay, so all right, I'll roll three more. So, well, technically the first one doesn't miss anyway, so I'll just re-roll the last two. So... Only one of them's gonna land, even at disadvantage. So yeah, okay. Only one of those is gonna go. You are very lucky. You are very <laughs> lucky. Thank you for keeping me in check on that because I would have forgotten. Um, that's still gonna be. Um, 
only hits you for five. He gives you one Thank quick, one God. quick stomp to the rib cage as all your uh, air leaves your body. <laughs> as you you feel the fracturing of like two of your upper ribs under your under like the breast muscle, and he just gets down. and He goes. The only way you're getting out of here is in pieces. Fuck you. <laughs> she spits on him. <laughs> He's got a disadvantage on next attack. He's got a goober in his eyes. <laughs> uh, but next is going to be uh, the pale guy. And he is... Set fire to your hair. <laughs> Set fire to your hair. Dumb ways to die. So many dumb ways to die. Okay. Uh, to... You know what I just realized? Technically, his attack still would have landed because that advantage, because she's prone, but a disadvantage because of your shot, it flattens it out. Oh, so okay. those attacks technically still would have landed. He's done now. <laughs> oh. Technically, if we missed a call on our turn, yep. there would be nothing. No, no, I'll let it fly, but, but also, I'm the boss. Fuck so me. <laughs> um, the knight gets two attacks, and they both made advantage because you are still prone. Uh, dirty 20 on the first one, and dirty 21 on the second one, so... Half of playing D&D is just begging for your laugh with the DM. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Bargaining with the devil himself. Nine damage on the first one. Yeah. And on the second one is... One lost death save. Seven damage. That's two failed death saves on a melee attack. You are two failed death saves down. Hell to the fucking no. Hell to the no. Hell to the no. Help me. I'm just making sure that nothing else I'm missing. Okay. Okay. And in that instance, while he's still aflame, he is going to run at you and get up in your face. Okay. Because he wants to let that happen. Uh, next is going to be... Uh, Zero at the top of the initiative because you are unconscious. Um, seeing <clears throat> Zef. Um, oh, let me just check. Um, no, that's not going to do nowhere near. I'm just double-checking some stuff. That's okay. While um, Sky looks over this, I also want to put it on the record that we homebrewed a rule here. So generally with 5th uh, edition, any ranged attacks at point blank are a disadvantage. However, I do not impose that rule when it comes to handguns because handguns, in my opinion, are made for close quarters combat. So I actually remove the disadvantage for the handguns at point blank range. However, if Sky is to use the White Widow, that will incur disadvantage due to the fact that... It is a really big gun. <clears throat> and also, Voyage can also not use his bow at point blank because that also makes sense with a bow and arrow. Yeah. Um, uh, first shot's 18. <clears throat> oh, on the, on the pale man. Um, that's just his armor class. Yeah, you're good. Beautiful. Uh, <clears throat> let me just... Actually, you know what? Uh, he's going to use reaction to parry. Adds plus two to his AC, so his AC is now twenty. 
the fuck is he parrying? It's a bullet. <laughs> uh, as he runs at you, he basically just holds like his sword up and just gets it right up against your barrel and kind of like pushes your hand out of the way. So it's like a <laughs> like voyage. I think you like subconsciously hit the deck because you have no idea where the strange bullet's going. Um, next one is a dirty 20. Uh, oh, actually, no, I take that back. Sorry, it must be wielding a melee weapon. So both attacks hit, roll your damage for both. Oh, I yeah. take that back, sorry. I read yeah. parry and I only got to the AC against an attacker who can see. Oh, that's fat damage. <laughs> that's going to be 21 on the first shot. On the first shot? On the first shot. Oh, shit. Yep. Okay. And on the second one. Outrageous. Oh, it's nowhere near as good. That's only a 13. Zerk, kill this guy. Oh. So he I... runs up, first bullet attempts to block it. It grazes his ear. He's stunned by the ringing and the top of his ear that is now somewhere either in the flaming mess that is his body <laughs> or on the floor. So as he gets right up in your business and you can see that, that raving mad dog look in his eye. What do you do? Um, when he's up in her grill and she sort of like has her guard up and he's like yelling and carrying on or whatnot. He's, he's not even like, yelling, it's just noises. Like, <sighs> oh, well then she just goes, shut the fuck up, shoves it in his mouth, pulls the trigger. Like a paint can exploding. <laughs> just hits the back of the wall. And there is a very visceral shriek from this poor Triton woman that's hiding under the bench as this guy just collapses into a flaming lump of meat and a muscle. But he is out. Um, <clears throat> oh. Actually, I haven't taken any damage. So, my like one bonus action thing ain't even worth not. Oh, second wind? Yeah. <laughs> so, that's me. <laughs> Unlucky. Oh, so you're just gonna hang tight there, stay at the distance? Um. No, Zero is going to run over to Zeph and is going to throw her body over Zeph's. Okay. Um, mechanically, it doesn't really do anything unless there is a specific ability that allows you to do so. If Zero is over the top of Zeph and Mr. K goes to make another attack... I know, but I, I know, and I get it, believe me, but mechanically... Like, only the halfling can do it mechanically. But what I'll do... I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll meet you in the middle. Uh, Zeph's unconscious body can get a plus two to their AC at half cover. Well, if that's the case, then Zeph's... Um, sorry, Zero's just going to make a, an attempt to do a drive-by, run past, and just sort of grab whatever cloth on Zeph she can get a hold of, and then just jerk it forward. <sighs> It's going to be a strength check. That's fine. That's going to be a strength check. Just and I'm going to say at get prone, him, get him out. it's going to be high. That's no good. It's only 12. No, I'm not going to do it. You go to rip the cloak and just a bit of the tail end comes off and just destroys it. Well, seeing as I was not going anywhere, she's just going to stand in between Zeph and Mr. K then. I'll say it's basically like there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you're unconscious, whatever. Um... That goes from zero to voyage. It's your turn, as the battlefield is very quickly changing. Hail of Thorns again. Yes. At second level. Okay. So he still has plus two to his AC. Oh. 
doing math. <laughs> Fuck. That's a 14, so I know that's not. No. Come on. 15. No. Both arrows. You hear the thwacking. You hear the thwacking of the of the arrows hitting the bookcase and you can see like the top of the arrowhead just sticking out the top. They're just so faintly. One of them even goes through the giant skull on the thing and the bone chips out and it's slowly but surely the bookcase against this back window is disappearing as like arrows are flying through it. But it's just it's just cheeky that you almost get the sense, especially you Zero, that maybe that was kind of planned to be that way on purpose mm. for obvious reasons. But that is Hugel. Your turn. Same. Another second level healing word. Bring Zeph right. back. We've got four, six, seven HP. And your death saves. saves are back to it, clean. You're back to, so all your death saves go away. you got seven HP. We're doing that ping pong and shit. Yep. How do I get rid of him? Uh, the healing thing. Heal. Yeah, 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 just heal. It automatically goes away. And he's going to throw another sacred flame at big guy. Okay. So, dex 14 saving throw. Uh, natural 19 on the die. Half damage. Okay. Oh, 2d8. Got 12 half, 6. Radiant damage, I don't know if that makes a difference. Um, I'll just quickly check to make sure it does not. Um, ah, unfortunately not. Um, alrighty. But that comes to Mr. K. The battlefield has very quickly changed. So what's he gonna do? You're not a bitch. He gonna stay where he is. And take the hits like a man. Also say, he was gonna run and hide behind Zero. Again. For sure. Doesn't wanna be in the open. It's the French train! <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Um, For some odd reason, Zero's weird cape has a lot of momentum behind <laughs> what she's used to. I just need to check something here real, real quickly. Macacala, no. No. <laughs> I thought you said Macacala, no. And I was like, the fuck? I was going to say Balaclava. <laughs> or Baklava. <laughs> That's it. We have to go to plan G. Um, Watch the dog. Amen. Zephyrus, I would like you to roll either uh, a strength, strength athletics, or a dexterity acrobatics check. Um, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't say. I was going to say, technically, I, I would think you'd make it with a disadvantage because you're prone, but no, you can still roll, so just roll it flat. However, Mr. K is going to get advantage on his because he's standing above you. That's a 21. Um, where the fuck did you stab? Like oh, that? wait, no. 22. Yes. Because that's a 22. What the fuck did I just say? Oh, my God, my brain's mush. Okay, uh, that one is a fail. You find he goes through attempt to grab you by the throat and in your haze, you just roll out of the way. But with the way the mechanics work in 5e, you can replace any attack with a grapple. So he is gonna, he's going to attempt to do it again. So you need to roll another one, please. 
I don't know why I keep trying because your fucking dex is so high. Um, so that is... 25. Absolutely not. Um... <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like Buddha Puppy. Except you're just like you're like <laughs> I think the fuck not. Y'all we use TikTok too much. <laughs> <laughs> we are chronically online. <laughs> In his frustrations, he's gonna turn his last one. No, he's not. He's not going to do that at all because that'd be fucking ridiculous. Um, he's just going to attempt to stomp you in the fucking brain and just cave your head in. Uh, so you're still prone. That's advantage. Uh, 13 doesn't hit, does it? Nope. No, you are very lucky. So in that last roll, he goes to attempt to stomp and puts his foot clean through the wooden floor. <laughs> Misses again. And he goes, My situation is time to die for me. You gun me down. And it'll be worse coming after you. Um, and he's gonna end his turn on that. Um, actually, no, he's not. He's gonna risk it for the biscuit. He's going to five, 15, 10, go back behind his desk in between there. Um, you do get an attack of opportunity on you if you like, and so Thank do you, you technically if you're conscious. And because you are five zeros within combat with him, you would get sneak attack if you hit. Oh, wait, no, not on opportunity, wait. Yeah, I'll have to Actually, fuck it. Go for it. Um, I've got 19 to hit. I'll do it! <laughs> and would I get sneak? Yep. Yep. Even, I'll have to, it, you only get it once per round, but you can get it on opportunity attacks if you have a reaction. I believe that's how it goes. And you know what? Fucking sue me if and you don't agree. And I deal an extra 3d6. Okay, so I just got to hit. Uh, that'll do it. Yep. Uh, yeah. All right. And it was... Because he's not benefiting from the half cover here. Yeah. So, so that is 4d6. Damage. Mine was 11, by the way. 11, okay. Did I drop... Oh, no, I didn't. It's all good. Oh, I love so that sound. So that is 10, 16, 17 damage. Zeph killed this guy. Yes! Sometimes, yes! It's, sometimes it's just like a fucking book, eh? Um, for the flavour, I'll say you basically can get him down and then you can go do what you want to do. Zeph is going to go for the Achilles. Oof. Uh, and it's it's like cutting a, he a healthy ham at the butcher. It's so thick. And <laughs> as the Achilles go, they're going to get up and while he's down in, in pain, um, Zeph's going to grab his forehead and pull it back. It's so big. <laughs> and just... Without saying anything, or actually... This is your moment! This is your moment! Pop off, Queen! Zeph is going to whisper in his ear and say, You should have never fucking hired me. And slit his throat. Cold-blooded! Fuck yeah, man. Come on. Oh my goodness, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on, come on! We got it! Yeah! All right, let me just clear this out real quick. That was fucking That was great. <laughs> that was evil. 
It's going to be a long where he was cut before as well, so it's reopening that wound. So you know what? Just sit down here. Okay. Just that. Yeah. My legs are weak. I had several ideas of what you were going to say, and none of them were as fucking cool as that. Mm. You're welcome. The dust settles as the top apartment falls quiet. In the span of seconds that that happened, uh, Voyage, immediately you notice those two guys downstairs start to get a bit toey and they're unsure about what's happening. Because basically that was like three rounds, I think maybe four rounds. So that was like 12, 16 seconds. So it was a real quick decimation of bodily harm there. Um, but you start there getting toey. What would you like to do? Um. Do it. Do it. Do it, Father. Do it for the Senate. If you're shooting down <laughs> at somebody, it's advantage. Fuck yeah. <laughs> 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 what? They don't have cover and I have advantage? <laughs> yeah, go for it. What is that? <laughs> Cunts! What did you roll? <laughs> Two fours! Well, you got advantage, so you can just... Can that first, well, that first one, I'd say, would, would count as advantage, so yeah. So that fir- the first one misses, but you got the second one. Don't fucking let me down, don't. Yeah. Don't fuck me! No, that's a lot better. There we go. Now there's math, though. It's a 24. Yeah, it's going to do it. Mm, okay, okay. I'm not prepping anything extra for that, so I've just got to adjust. Just a big green boy loogie. Yeah, pretty much. Mm, not that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fucking more math. Why did I do this to myself? 15. Yeah, so the first arrow lands at their feet. And we'll say, you try to play it off cool. We're like, yeah, that's a warning shot. Who you fuck around? <laughs> and they're like, oh, oh, the glass is rained down on them. They're a bit cut from the glass. And just this one poor dude, just this huge arrow through, like his shoulder out of his ribcage. And he's just like, oh, <laughs> freaking out. Um, and in that moment, they're just going to run. Cool. That, they're just out of the shadows. <laughs> just he got <laughs> fucked up, like fucked up real bad. So they uh, gap out. You guys on the bottom, you're <laughs> like, <laughs> um. But we'll cut back to those in the room. That flaming body of that dude still there. You can hear the audible quivering and fear of this Triton woman hiding under the desk, and. Zeph, you still stand there holding like the meaty forehead of Mr. K as like this gaping opened wound out of his throat still just like the the, the sympathetic muscle movements of someone that where the brain's spasming and sending signals left over the leftover juice like just burning its way out of the engine and there's like soft twitching of his arms and stuff and for a moment you like keep the knife there and you saw that little bit deeper just to make sure it's really fucking dead and just to, I just feel like I have to have him laying dead. Hey, go for it. There you go. I feel better now. Yeah. And eventually... (laughs) Eventually, what dark 
crimson, almost black bile comes out of his body, slows to almost a halt as it just sympathetically dribbles out. <laughs> you let his body drop to the floor. Zeph is going to... Was his shirt white? It was white. Zeph is going to take the dagger and just wipe it on his shirt like a big X on his back. Um, Zero, almost like a frantic mother, suddenly rushes Zeph and she's moving their hair out of their face and checking them over. Are you alright? Are you okay? You took a fucking walloping to the ribcage! And she starts moving your arms and trying to check you and, and like feeling around and she looks quite distressed. It's probably the most distressed you've ever seen her. Zeph at first, um, when Zara comes over, is kind of like, whoa, you know, like still on the defensive. And then when they start moving the arms, all you'll hear is just a... <laughs> Are you that worried at this time? And it's not a laugh of like, you know, to make you feel shame. It's a laugh of, you know, just to... They've been hit in the head and they haven't fully processed. So their brain is just like, just laugh about it, you know? And it's just like a, what are you doing? Um, seeing that Zeph's a bit out of it, Zero like grabs your face and makes you look at her and you see her like start to like really get a bit upset. And she's like, I thought you were I'm okay. I'm here. It fucking hurt. Yeah, it looked like it did. But he's gone. You're okay. I'll be okay. You're okay. You're, you're, you're all right. You're fine. You're fine. And she, even as she gets up, she kind of just like lightly pushes your shoulder. Like, as if they like, get the fuck away from me. Yeah, if I like was the one that. Like, those, that your I, ribs are definitely broken. Hugo walks past you and is like, that was mental. And goes to like give you a fist bump. And as you do, you get a uh, um, cure wounds pass through and you get another six <laughs> points back. The aching lessons, but it is still there. Uh, Voyage, I will ask, will you, um, at this point, would you attempt to just run over and meet them or would you just wait until you see them walk out the bottom? Um, before that, I would like to ask. Sure. Say if I were to shoot an arrow through with some of that old cloth around the end of an arrow, would that impede my ability to shoot an arrow through the window? No, if you're just tying a little, like like a bandana worth of cloth around the edge, surely not. That'd be tricky. It'd be high, because it's a weight. It's weight added to your mm. thing. You've got a healer over there. Yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> yes, I can say that. <laughs> Like dog just puts his claw up, he's like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm gonna actually wait for them to come out the bottom of the building. A true Overwatch sniper. So Hugo's gonna walk up to the window and kinda just give like a 
wave to you. You just kind of see her. And then he's going to look down to the side and notice that that Triton woman is still there. Cowering. She's not even looking. She's like... And just look over to Zephyr and go, what do you want to do with this one? Can I have it? By all means. I'll do attacks. With advantage. With advantage, you say? Yep. Alright. She's crouched in carrying fear, dude. You First got... one is 22. That'll do it. Roll the second one. Okay, so that's then 21 on the second one. Both of those are going to hit. I'd like you to roll all your damage, please. That's a total of 22 damage. How do you do it? How do you want this done? Do you want this done in a way that's respectful or do you just want it done for the sake of being done? In this moment where Zero knows this is a person who for all intents and purposes truly didn't really have anything to do with this, was just a piece of eye candy, how do you treat this woman? Is she cowered off in the corner? She's basically like cowering between the desk and the wall in like the fetal position. And she doesn't, even when Hugo walks over and points her out to you, she doesn't look. She's just hoping that if she just stays quiet, you'll leave. Zero just doesn't make a scene. She quietly walks over and she looks down at her with not an apologetic look. The expression's blank, but the eyes are solemn. And she just holds out her revolver and goes, Close your eyes. It'll be over soon. And on the same revolver, bang, bang. Two shots. <sighs> it goes out. And the cowering instantly stops. In this moment in time, those Zafara specifically, you know that Mr. K bar his two guards and the guards at the door and his assistant, whichever one he hired at the time. There's generally not a lot of people here. He likes to keep his own business. You're passively, you're confident enough in the ability to know that you've, you can probably just walk out of here. People will look, they always do, but that's you how discreet you want to be and what you want to do. But I'll say in this time, I'll bring everyone together as you all um, well, meet. Raiding everything in that room. Yes, okay. Searching the bodies, and then Hugo's gonna not give them the full, he'll give the normal the woman, he'll give her a proper, like, thing. Burial, yep. The other two, he will just throw a flower on them. The other few, like, oh, disrespect. A single black yes, rose. Oh. Just, you know, there's a, the mask in his thing, he's like, you know, there's something, but he's not giving them. The usual time of day that he applies to the most. druid crafting. The druid crafting speaks volumes. Uh, again, you saw a sewer inspiration, don't you? Excellent, you're all good. Um, the druid crafting takes minimal time. It's become second nature to you. Doing it for the woman, you're able to lay her out in a sense that where she looks a bit more peaceful, and you use the druid craft the best you can to like kind of craft around the wound which is like at the back of her head and it covers her face so at this point the only thing that's left is just her like ruby red lips under her grey skin as the rest of the leaves grow over and encompass the wound on her, the back of her head to the front of her forehead 
Um, and her body's like wrapped up, like it cocoons them and you watch as the vines, even minutes afterwards, they still and grow tighter and just cradle them in the sweet embrace of death. Uh, for the fallen guardsman and the Mr. K, it's as simple as a, a half dead rose. You throw it onto the ground and do like a, um, rating the comments I would like you to make a uh, perception check with advantage please as you go through you're looking to probably 15 above would be better 16 alrighty you. and he also says to you guys he's like check their bodies mm, yeah make sure I've got the right one uh, is it investigation is it uh, perception perception sorry yeah, because this is not fine detail you're just looking for shit uh, that's 19 also I've just realised some security forces are going to think there's like a serial killer le- like killing people and leaving flowers on them. <laughs> <laughs> let him, let him there's think bodies that. carried all that. over the country with just like single. That's a sixteen for me. Okay, uh, and you're looking at the bodies, correct? Yes. Yeah. Why can't I find the other one? What? Oh, what's wrong? Back. Uh-huh. I got short arms. You get two of these. Oh, you gave that one. <laughs> um, and checking the bodies, uh, you are able to find. Excuse me. So oh, you were asking me a question. Sorry. Nah, I just got a bit of rumbling in my tummy. Uh, you find who looks at who? Who's looking at what body? I'm looking at Mr. K. You find one piece of platinum. Yep. Three pieces of gold, five pieces of silver, and we'll go. Uh, three pieces of copper. Basically just whatever petty cash he had on him, but he had a bit. And what were you looking at? Um, I'll look at the other two. The other two. And what did you roll, sir? 19. Nothing of import. Yep. Uh, you find, you find a couple of bits of copper, like 15 bits of copper between the two of them. Uh, and then just two short swords. Uh, sorry, sorry, not short swords. One is a long sword and one's a short sword. And which you can take and sell if you want extra money, it's up to you, but nothing really of import. Google um, also is going to try quick peer at the desk and that other where the like, receptionist was, and without really paying attention to what it is, just swipe any letters, papers. Yeah, roll me like a. Um, yeah. Just roll a uh, d20 plus your decks, and basically what you get depends on anything good. Oh, I think that's like an eight total. <laughs> Um, with an eight, as you kind of just sweep it up and look, a lot of these are just, a lot of it's just written down receipts for transactions for Astral. The drug Still going to just pocket them all. Yeah, for sure. Fucking dog. Oh. She's so bad. It means I'm doing it right, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I, got, I got some for all you motherfuckers. Um, I stay ready. Do you state that... It's just receipts for Astral. Like... Well, he was not even looking at what they are. Oh, okay. He's just grabbing paper and just shoving it into a little bag. Just I'll like... say just passively, if you're just watching, you'd see it. He doesn't know what it is, but you do. Um, Zero gets fucking mad and then starts turning the whole office upside down. She's just looking for anything, any correlation with her people of interest, the fucking council with the fucking and Astral and the security. Roll stuff. an investigation check. You, we trashed this place? Just that's not going to be. So you can book on the counter. So it's a dirty 20 on the first one, but I've got... You got advantage, advantage. yeah. Advantage. Oh, that is 24. 
with a 24, you tear it through. And the first thing you get off this is this guy is just a right prick if he requests paperwork to keep track of all the drugs that he's selling, which really shits you off to begin with. Mm. But what you get from that is you don't get names of interest. You don't get tests. There's nothing on um, Alabane or Isha, those other two names, like looking for names that are going to jump out from the paper yeah. at you. You can't see anything regarding possible council members, anything that jumps out. It's just a lot of low-end thing. You see a couple of, like, um, you see a lot of, like, Gribsy's boys on there, like those little goblin dudes that run, like, little racketeering Ugh. shit. Little wankers just running around, going, <laughs> just sculling about, selling drugs. Um, but, yeah, nothing of import. It seems he keeps the business tightened enough that he's, like, he's not doing anything that's going to cause a great risk to him. All right. That's fair enough. All right. If he doesn't see anything else, because that was a terrible search before, he's going to start pulling what he can of Zero's arrows out of things and collecting a few. Oh, Voyager's arrows, yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. You're like you're like holding onto like one side of the bookcase, like, <laughs> and like pulling just off. giving you like a thumbs up, like on the other side, the <laughs> right side of your face. My arrows are coming off. <laughs> but you are able to retrieve the arrows, and then we'll bring everyone back down to the street level. Um, One last thing, as we leave, Hugo's going to take as much of the blue hovering crystal out of the elevator thing. Okay, make a... uh, I'm going to say this is a sleight of hand to try and jut one of these out. You can, so roll with advantage, please. Cheeky buggers. What's my... He noted it earlier. He's not going to not take it. 18 plus 3. Do it. So um, I'll say with 18 plus 3, there's three smaller football-sized crystals for you. How many do you want? Yeah, as many as I can get. You grab the four of them, and they've got like that static crystalline charge to them where there's obviously some magical residue in them. And... As you pop them into your bag, you can slightly feel your bag become a little bit lighter as it as it hovers a little bit. Oh, that's cute. But it's you know, like, oh. <laughs> and, but also there's like like a bit of a blue glow coming out of the bag, so you like, you like wrap it up a bit tighter to make sure it's hidden. I feel like we like look around, we're like, where's Hugo? He's like up here. <laughs> Their bag. <laughs> it's like up. Yeah. <laughs> It's like a kid walking around with, like, a balloon. <laughs> oh, God. It's ever so slight. Um, I'll actually get you to make an arcana check for me. And anyone who's immediately there, can, you will have linked up by this point. It's in the lobby. You can make arcana checks if you want. 17. 11. You have an idea enough. I don't think in Hugo's travels you would have seen much of Elevite, the, the mineral. You guys know what it's called. So you can say, oh, that, that's Elevite. It's what they use for, like, elevation and floating. But you don't know much about it, but you get the sense it's like, oh, it has a sympathetic float to it, but it obviously needs some sort of uh, uh, arcane trigger to juice it up, to make it float. So there's probably something you could do with it, definitely. And it's worth a pretty penny. It's hard to get. Um, But yes, you all reconvene in the layer. And now that elevator is just completely useless so if someone wants to get up there they will have to fly or climb that was the main goal but bonus crystals carry on (laughs) you guys meet 
in the lobby of the building in Svet. Are you good? Healthy. Okay. Yeah, you're okay. All right. Good. First thing uh, Voyage will see is Zeph limping out, hand on ribs. Um, you'll see blood on their forehead, like hair stuck to their face and everything like that. They have been plummeted from what you have not already seen. This is a Ferris-sized hole in the floor of the roof above. Yeah. <laughs> You don't need a medic still? <laughs> I'll be fine. My god, you look like crap. <laughs> Just find me somewhere safe for ten minutes and we'll all heal. Mm-hmm. You should get you home. Let's go to the hospital. Oh, we can go there. Very healing. <laughs> yes. Very much so, right? Zeph is out of it. Um, I'm going to say that, like, with that hit and everything like that, they are not entirely themselves just yet. They need, like, probably a proper good sleep before they can be fine again. Okay. Hugo... Oh, sorry, no, you go. I was going to say, Hugo knows, like, anywhere that he's been, he can remember. It's part of his whole, one of his backup things. Yes, yes it is. Um, are we, like, drastically closer to Gosrick's or um, the church? Like where would be the first, the quickest? They're place technically to get? both in the same. Because Moroz, as a neighborhood, they don't really have street names. They're just neighbors. Same distance. They're, they're, it's literally going into Moroz. You've got both. Yeah, cool. So if we'll I, go to if wherever I we can correct, first, correctly. To, you know, yeah, up for a minute. They're both there. Yeah, sweet. He won't bother saying anything then. Zero, give you a hand to walk, do the whole, but won't lift your arm over on the side that's been plummeted in. It'll be whatever opposite side. Um, as they do walk, Zero kind of... Lean, it's a slow walk, too. Yeah, Zero kind of lean down to Hugo. Thank you. And that's what she says. She doesn't elaborate on it. For what? I'll blow that ugly off your face! <laughs> Hugo acknowledges just with a silent nod. The walk back is boyfriends. (laughs) The walk back is slow. As previously mentioned, uh, Moroz, uh, Svet, and Vortek and the slums all share a border as part of the map. And now I have a rough version here that I've actually drawn, and I will send it all to you at some point as it progresses on. But currently, only Zero has one. Makes sense. One more question. Sorry, before we go, are we going past the chocolate shop? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we would be. You would be, and it's only like, by the time you pass the chocolate shop, it'd be like 4.30 in the afternoon, so they'd definitely be open. This was like an afternoon endeavor. I'll be fine one moment, and gonna go ahead and buy like a few batches of chocolates. I'll say at this one, it's like two gold pieces, but you get like the fucking ducks nuts of chocolate. He's gonna spend four and get double what you expect. Oh, fuck. Yeah, you get like, you get like, Spiced dark chocolate, you get like creamy white chocolate, classic. Um, you get some with like hazelnut in it. You get like a, it's like one of those like little mixed variety bags, but it's like all that primo shit. And they're loving it. They're like, <laughs> <I'm a loser." laughs> and Hugo's loving it too. <laughs> yeah, brother. Zero and Zeph just outside looking through the window, like. <laughs> I did promise him chocolate. 
And yeah, by the time you get up there, he was walking out with a big like thing of chocolates and also just chocolate all over his mouth. He's already started going. Sugar! This is great! Sugar! <laughs> How much sugar have you had? Is that what's in this? Whatever it is, it's fucking amazing. You, you, baby. And he starts handing out some chocolates. Follow that one, please. When it takes off. As you, <laughs> he's gone. Bam. He just ceases to exist. It's like, oh. Have you, ever, have you ever tried having decaf coffee? I don't drink coffee. As you move through, so that walk through Svet leading into Moroz was would be long, like going at a snail's pace to make sure that Zeph isn't feeling exerted. And we'll go a bit wibbly wobbly all the time. You definitely stop off at the chocolate shop. I'm not gonna fucking just laser beam you guys from orbit. Um, okay. <laughs> 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 no, I'm saying. Um, but on that walk to Gosrick's place through like bordering the edge of like the slums and stuff. Just run through what's going through everyone's head as the adrenaline wears off and your brain starts doing the oh this just happened. This is real. This was not I don't know how I'm gonna explain to law enforcement this was in self-defense. Like one that's of those. why we left no witnesses. <laughs> Oh. There's no elevator for them to get up. <laughs> no one knows what happened. What's going through everyone's heads? Hugo's going to cast a, another healing thing on you and one on himself just as they walk. Just with a couple of first levels. So. Oh yeah, you got slashed in that fight. Yeah. Which I forgot about, took just now. Uh, what am I going to Finally down a player and you had to fucking ruin it. Sorry. That's anyway. what I'm there for. 10 HP to you. Oh. And four back to Hugo. Oops. The ache under like your armpit to your rib cage slowly starts to subside, but it still is pretty gnarly. But yes, the events that have transpired. What how does that make everyone feel? Let's get some insight into what our players are feeling. And this is like sympathetically off the back. You, especially to you two. Zeph and Zero, you have just taken out a very, very heavy hitter. So that's probably going to have repercussions that you will probably think about in your own time. But for everyone, I dare say that was a planned assault. Like that was something that was the first instance where our party had scoped out and planned an assault on somebody. So I feel like the mental capacity to process that is a lot different compared to everything else. So if anyone would like to share as you guys stumble to Gosrick's house. After um, Hugo, uh, Hugo heals um, Zeph some more, the pounding of their head slightly subsides as well so they're able to think a little bit more and get a more, better grasp on their thoughts and they just get this hit of pride and like I just fucking did that and then it gets hit again with a I just fucking did that but dread alongside that pride so they're glad that they did what they did but they're also terrified of the repercussions of what's going to happen next sort of in contrast to that that's also what Zero's thinking about, but instead she's kind of like more in like 
calculated mode. Like if you could like glean into her head, it's like all of a sudden this network just spreads out. And it's like, who normally allies with Mr. K, even though Mr. K doesn't have any allies, like who appreciates his services the most and would be pissed off to see him go? Um, does he have any sub-factors that she remembers or people that are used to working underneath him that would also be a bit shitted off about this? And she basically just starts compiling a shit list using sort of all the connections she has to the best of her ability. And then she then starts to break down the feeding chain where he sat on it. When he's removed, who's going to step up and fill in his in his space or you know what what possibilities do we have of someone else rising to power and it's all logistics and like she's really in her head about it like she's just staring blank ahead and she's just making this web of what to do now that he's gone or what's gonna happen now he's gone make i'd like you to make two checks for me yeah first is going to be insight and the second one will be history both with advantage please with advantage thank fuck um, that's 16 for the insight. Okay, and then roll your history, please. Um, let's go. Um, that's also 16. 16 on both? Not bad. Can I use my inspiration for either of those? Or? If you want to. What? I'm going to uh, I've never really used an inspiration before. It basically just allows you to re-roll a d20 if you wish to spend it. Um, I think in this sixteen for both is good. With with that and your enough of your background information, you're able to. You are a hundred percent correct. Mister K, again, didn't have friends. He had employees and he had property. You determine with an insight into how the method the methods of these sunken sect members work. That there will be a scramble for people to attempt to seize what is left of his established, like what he's established. With that, you also get the fact that because Mr. K was such a fuckhead that they're all going to fight each other and you are confident that no one's going to be able to rebuild it. They're just going to take scraps and attempt to do their own thing. No one's probably going to step up to take his place because he was so shut in about his methods that no one has really a real sense of how to step in and do that. And at this instance, you also get the sense that no one's really going to know how to do that right now because it's probably going to be a while before people notice that he's gone in this immediate in this immediate future. Um, who's sort of next down the food chain? From Zero's perspective in terms of who's a bigger pain in the ass for her and by virtue who's going to be a bigger pain in the ass for her new friends here who who does she have to i guess worry about when they do find out that mr k is gone you know off again underneath him nobody but you know the food chains the food chain you know but you know who's going to want to know about it is the keepers yeah. The keepers are going to want to know. Because, again, murderers and thieves killing murderers and thieves, no one gives a shit. The keepers are the people that are going to want to put that in line and make sure that it doesn't become a total fucking just spraying in the streets. 
And they have the power to do so. They have abilities to control that kind of mess. Again, it'll probably just be a couple of stragglers just picking up what little bits get left behind because no one comes to claim it. They'll probably go and do their own fucking thing to sell Astral or extort people for money, but eventually stronger forces are going to go out and tidy it up and then everything will be redistributed if they deem it to be. Otherwise, it'll get absorbed. All right. But the last thing on that inside check before we move over to our other compatriots... The one thing that sits in your mind after that entire interaction is what he said about the red one. Mm. That with a sixteen, that means he he's had recent interactions with with her, and he kept nothing about that in his office. I'll say with a sixteen, you can you draw that. Um, Maybe that's who might have fucked his throat up, maybe. Ah. Because, uh, like, Zeph noticed it as well, but you kind of knew about it. That's not how he sounded. Yeah. He has a heavy accent because, like, the Unerran accent branches oh between God, German and Russian. Like that red bitch. But, yeah. yeah. Oh. Did she get a, when she was like tangling with Zeph trying to move her away? Yep. Um, sorry, um, them away. Um, did she get, would she be able to tell considering how fucked up his throat was and whatnot and what he was saying and whatnot, how long that injury, how old that injury might That'd be? That'd probably be a medicine check. <laughs> the radar. Ooh. Oh. I mean, I rolled an 18 as a base. Oh, dang. And 18 on the die. Yeah. 18 on the die. That was recent. Oh, that's a dirty 20. At least in the last month. And he did mention that healing magic only gets, like, like healing only gets so far with healing fucked up wounds and stuff. So she's been out and about in the past month at least. Okay. All right, Groovy. Thank you. To our other two compadres. Hugo's mine right now. Oh my god, this white one. Oh, is there mint in this one? He's just devouring chocolates. Bless That's you. literally... Wah, 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 wah. He's never eaten anything like that. He's kind of just zonked on that right now. Okay. He's gonna have his moment probably later on. When the sugar high runs out. <laughs> well, when the whole rush of the day. He's Potion never clarity. been in this kind of... He's just on a endorphins, sugar, everything just, you know, he's a bit wired right now. He's off the tap. Just to get an idea, marching order, I assume these two are in front because Zero's assisting. You're off in Choco land. Probably right behind them, I would say. Yeah, and I'd say walking in like twos almost. Almost. He's just kind of rethinking the situation. He's not beating himself up too much about missing the last few arrows. He's like, ah, I could have done better, but it's all right. But every now and then, there's just a occasional little glance at the back of Zero's head because it's just not sitting right with him. He didn't get to see it all because those bookshelves were in the way. 
But there was another person in there and they didn't fight back. He's just not quite sitting well with him. But he doesn't say anything. He doesn't do anything. Except look over to Hugel. Look over to Hugel and just like... And he pulls up the edge of his cloak and he's all like, stay still, you've got it everywhere. And Hugel hands you a chocolate and he goes, oh, and pulls out and hands you a handful of arrows. Ah, thank you. Meanwhile, he's cleaning up Hugel's face. So like, he's still just him. showing more chocolate. Eat cleaner. <laughs> just so good. Don't feed any to dog. It's bad for dogs. And he's and like <laughs> dog looks here. He's like, <laughs> oh, I forget he's not a real dog. <laughs> yeah, like he's a drake. You're like, <laughs> fucking storms off and walks next to you two instead. <laughs> Blink meme. <laughs> yes. That's the cat at the table. <laughs> but you march and you know stop up at the, the chocolate shop anyway. And eventually you find yourself at Gosrick's house. So at this point it is early like it's afternoon by this point, you know what I mean? Like you guys got in there, got out quick, and by this point it's rolling at like a little maybe like five o'clock, five thirty, give or take me. Um slowly work your way up the stairs uh, still aching and eventually we get to the big iron door who wants to do the honours this time Hugel in a chocolate rush <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I doth quote I doth quote go straight eventually the repetitive banging is like you hear the when he opens the door what he sees is Hugo holding up chocolates <laughs> oh nice <laughs> like, oh sh- shit yeah you kitchen do the thing you come with me and it just just picks you up and just walks you in what that's the way it's gonna be <laughs> little darling <laughs> oh, just God. stay out from underfoot and let greatness happen <laughs> make greatness thunder but <laughs> You guys roll in. Uh, Voyage, you close the door behind them. And these are simple barring locks. It's easy. And eventually, you guys are... There we go. You guys are able to make your way. And he lays you down, Zaveris, on the, like, the long couch. The one that you sprawled out on last time to try and distract them. And he goes... um, He goes, undo the armor. Undo the fucking armor. Come on. Zeph tries to undo their armor. Jesus Christ. And he just um, unlatches it, like, really rough, like, and it hurts for a minute. And, like, peels, like, the front of the plate, and it's just fucking, like, on your, like, grey skin, it's just purple Ugh. off the bat. And you can see, like, the jutting of where, like, the broken ribs are formed. And he's like, probably an obvious answer, but, and pokes the purple bit. Mm. Yeah, Okay. Uh, Z, get that, um, get the red bottle up the top. The good shit. Red bottle coming! Excellent. <laughs> Have this, it'll help. Give me ten minutes. And Hugo sits down and starts performing a ritual. Zeph will just down it and try not to taste it, because it will most likely taste like shit. It's like, no, it's it's good. It's good, but when it hits, like, the base of your, your chest, like, your stomach, you're like, 
oh, that's rough. <laughs> just, <gasps> and he's like, yeah, he, easy. 21 hit points. After 10 minutes, 21 hit points. Uh, your rib, you can feel the setting of your ribs as they go back in an orbit, but the ache is still there. Uh, you find he sits down at the edge of the couch where he's laid you down and you're all free to do what you please. But he sits down and goes, so I take it it didn't go well. Or it went extremely well. I don't know. I wasn't there. Zero just groans, slaps her hands on her knees. They can tell you. And then she's going to go off into the kitchen for two like minutes of silence to herself. You like sit in the... It's one of those things where it's like one of those bar kitchens. And I feel like, and please correct me if I'm wrong, you just hit your back against the pantry and just slink down to the floor. Yeah. And just hit and just retreat. At this point, everything that goes on now, unless you tell me you actively want to listen, you're not going to hear a word of it. But he looks to uh, you three, uh, Voyage Hugo and Zaparis. So, well, walk me through it. What happened? Could have gone better. Could have also gone worse. Much worse. We pretty much started out decently, as decent as you can with Mr. K. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Zero tipped him off. In fairness, he tipped me off first. Uh, <laughs> debatable. <laughs> uh, to be confirmed. Zeph is just... I believe... Zeph... Zero's mouth did the thing and now we're here but he is dead she is one to do that yes that is normal he needed to die look kid I I agree he's a fucking asshole and the problem is with these sort of things The problem with these sort of things is people know they should die, but no one ever has the backbone to do it first. But I guess with friends like these, it becomes a bit of an easier job. But even I can tell, you did not, you definitely didn't go down without a fight, but that looked like it hurt. I'm not the best with close contact. And he hits fucking hard. He hit hard. It sounds like to me that you hit him a little bit harder. If you count, giving him a new smile, but a little bit lower, <laughs> then yes. Yeah. yeah, he's just got one of those big thick fucking necks. I couldn't even get my hands around it. It's ridiculous. But he was an asshole. And he got what's coming to him. Granted, when people figure out that he's gone, there's going to be a little bit of back and forth. People trying to steal what they can. I don't assume you know much about those up top, huh? There's a group of people in charge of these things, and they'll they'll see it sorted out. You won't be in trouble. 
Murderers killing murderers. No one gives a shit. As far as local law enforcement's concerned, that's just trash taking out the trash. Which is great for you and it's great for me. However, in this instance, considering I'm not aware of how many people know your home address, I would probably recommend that you all stay here tonight. If not all of them, at least you. You can sleep in the bed, I'll sleep on the couch, it's not a problem. How's everyone else feeling though? You look like shit. I'm in, I'm in the kitchen, so I'm just pretending. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hugo's going to walk up and sort of very quietly say to Goss, is Zero always so quick to take out any witnesses? Where do you think she got the name from, kid? No mess. No witnesses. As cruel as it is, sometimes it's the way it's gotta be. I'm assuming there was someone there that shouldn't have been. They're with the rest of them now. Look. You're one of those bad types. It's probably for the best. If someone had seen whoever it was walk out, probably just would have tortured them for information. And then we'd have a whole pile of shit. If there was anyone in his employ that was loyal, which I would have no fucking understanding why, that would be bad. Extremely bad. Very bad. So, the fact that it ends up just becoming an untieable loose end. Okay? I know it can feel bad, and it can feel harsh. But that's the world we live in. And at the end of the day, your loose end's tied. Your family's fine. And in a week and a bit's time, I'll be back and that'll be that. You'll hopefully be healed enough. That'll be fine. But can you just sit with this one, please? And he gets up from the couch. You get rocked on the couch as this dude gets up. And you hear the the of his talent feet as he comes into the kitchen. And he just squats down. You need to walk away. I'd like you to make a perception check for me, please, if you're assuming. He could have had any opportunity to walk away if he wanted to, and he didn't. He stayed there from what I... 23. Yeah, you start hearing it a little bit. And you do with that what you will. Mm -hmm. But he looks and he goes, he could have had every opportunity to walk away. And he didn't. As far as I'm concerned, he said, he didn't run. When you're that naive, sometimes you don't know what you're signing up for. And look, I haven't exactly made the way I operate a fucking mystery. Speaking just like, yeah, all good. Oh my god. Went flat. <laughs> but sometimes you think you're ready to see something. 
And then you see it and you realize, oh shit, that was kind of fucked. Look, I know, I know. It doesn't matter who he's with in this city. Wherever he turns around, someone's going to be doing what I did. I just... I don't know why I care so much about what they think. It's not like they're gonna hang around once everything's done anyways. They're just gonna go. Like everyone else does. Fine. It'll sort itself out. Come on now. Come on now. I'm fine, I'm fine. Just don't... We're just getting soft. We need to hurry up and leave. Otherwise I'm going to be like a marshmallow by the time they're done here. I think maybe you need to slow down. You're not invincible. Let me pat you on the shoulder. Let's get out. Anything? I was gonna. This close. Do it. Not. It's content. <laughs> You're a monster. <laughs> You're a monster. <laughs> Just like fucking voyage in the living room. I'll stop the whole world. <laughs> oh my God. But uh, Gosrick moves back over and then uh, sits back on the end of the couch, looks at Yuzef. Like, how are you feel? Feeling better now. Okay. Whatever that was. Points to the empty um, bottle. Was <laughs> 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 <Well>, good. <laughs> I would hope so because that was expensive. He's doing his thing like that for medical reasons. In his bed, no less. <laughs> oh my god! Zev on his, his shoes like, oh yeah. It's like that meme that I do with the cotton gazing. <laughs> but uh, unless anyone has anything uh, they immediately want to do, it's probably just a quiet, like half an hour of just uh, sitting in Goss's apartment as the flame of the fireplace gets started. He, he just shoots fire and just starts it from, like, on the couch. Uh, he's peacocking. He's peacocking. Get him. <laughs> Make an inside check. Ooh! I got a vanish too, so you're not going to miss me with that shit. Ooh! That was way too loud. 23. <laughs> he rolled a 16 on deception. Ah. <laughs> uh, just... <laughs> just a... Zero's kind of like leaning in the kitchen and walk away now and like kind of like looks over to Zeph. <laughs> Zeph shakes her head and then just relaxes. But as their hands hit their legs, they um, feel the money bag that Zero gave them earlier. And they take it off and get up with a grunt and walk over to the kitchen to zero. And all you'll see is them kind of hobbling over and then they grab your hand and put the money bag back in your hand. And they close your hand over it 
and say, I don't think I'll need this any further. But thank you for even just considering my well-being. And thank you also for helping me get out from under his thumb. And Zeph will pull Zero in for a hug. Zero is notably taken off guard by it and she pauses for a moment. It's kind of like she's got the bag in the other hand in the air. And then she'll slowly wrap her arms around, but then it becomes real tight. It's like kind of like when you hug your mum and she sort of cups the back of your head and pulls, pulls them in really tight. And she'll just stroke your hair for a little bit. And she doesn't really say anything, but you can kind of feel it in the embrace that she's both scared and relieved about what happened and that you came out alive. What colour eyes does Zara have? Uh, completely black. When Zeph pulls away, you will see, is it their irises that's the colour? The whole thing is. No, oh, but for normal people. Iris is the, oh, yeah, the colour, yeah. yeah. When you pull back, you see Zeph's irises are completely black. And she gently grabs your face and gives it like a gentle signal. Stop that. Go and fucking lie down and relax. Stop that nonsense. Get out of here. Zeph will go and... While go she's down. up, voyages across the whole couch. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, you'll have to take the bed. <laughs> you can't see it. Your ribcage will explode and go all over the nice marble. You'll have to lay down flat. So I would like everyone happen. here to make an inside check real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Doc is on the other armchair. If Goss is not sitting well, already. Oofa. Oofa. <laughs> That's a 14. That's an 18. You ever seen a metallic dragonborn blush? <laughs> <laughs> he's sitting there and you're like, he's he's a huge unit and he's just sitting there and he's just like. You might want to leave soon, clear out. I oh. swear I saw Hugel feed dog chocolate. That's not going to oh, end well. Oh, no. Gosh, she needs some help upstairs. Look, she's still injured. Right. Shit. Front door knocks. And that's where we're in that session. Fuck! No! block! Thank you so much, everyone, for watching. That was wonderful. Well done, everybody. One loose end less in this adventure. Give yourselves a pat on the back. That was very good. Well very good. done. <laughs> yes, well, well done. done there was everyone. some cold blooded dialogue in that there session. There was. There was tight. But <laughs> one loose end is cut, and it seems another one is unveiled at the end of these long bits of string that flow through the city. But we'll find out next fortnight when the next episode comes out. We. Thank you so much for watching. Well done to the players. This story is going wonderfully. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Bye-bye now. Yeah. Oh.